Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I was um, seeing a Broadway show or just gotten out of seeing a Broadway show? Broadway is back. It was, it was a matinee. So like one of those mm. classic scenarios where like the only people who are going to be in Times Square on an, a Wednesday afternoon are mm-hmm. going to be like tourists yeah. and people from the Upper West Side in their 70s. Right. Yep, yeah. Yep. And so I uh, was walking toward 8th Ave to, you know, get back to the subway or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as I walk down, I just hear a voice. I hear this man's voice going, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and I look, and it was I, I, Lewis. <laughs> I look like over my shoulder and it's this guy and uh, he is unhappy with the way that he's, he's, it's this guy and there's like, I think three or four women with him. So I'm okay. assuming he went out with like his wife and his wife's friends. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, okay. And so, so he was very upset with the way that they were uh, about to get into a cab. So again, ladies. And then the very next thing that I hear is, what Larry <laughs> and it's just this incredible the most upper west side like, oh theater going memory it was like one of those like goddamn. I, I have a weird memory the first time I was ever in Times Square just you know it was not long after Barack Obama was elected president mm. but a little too long for something like this to keep going do you remember when everyone would like sell stuff and say it was Obama whatever like this like was, it was like an no, Obama this mug was 2010 like, oh and so but like people would just no no it wasn't like a mug it was like if you remember that scene in the boondocks where a guy's just selling water bottles on a street corner he's like get your Obama water like this right. guy sure. this dude who had like a radio announcer voice is just standing on a corner with like the little box that you have when you're at a baseball stadium and you're the snack guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which you are uh, AJ and Josh, both of you. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's your, that's your day job. Mm-hmm. But his thing, he just had this sign like that said upon me. Uh, Obama condoms. <laughs> now, did these condoms have Obama branding on them? No, they were just not. Durex. Yeah. Did they have mm-hmm. a picture like taped to them? No. Okay. They were just Durex condoms. And this guy on a street corner in Times Square just going, Obama condoms. <laughs> Was oh, Obama condoms. Get Was- your Obama condoms. Was he selling? Were there a lot of. Were they sold? Do you think he was just holding on to them? I don't know. <laughs> like just keepsake. Keepsake. I don't know <laughs> who buys this shit, but I, they must, right? Just like that guy who's always uh, in the fucking subway tunnel who's selling incense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. someone's got to be buying it. He's been doing it for decades. But I, I just remember sitting at a fucking intersection just waiting to cross for like 20 minutes because it takes so fucking long down there. And he's just, <laughs> Obama condoms. <laughs> Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only Obama podcast. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. I am the worst of all possible Brian's getting worse every day because yeah. we have watched the movie Minions. Yeah, I, I, I um, <laughs> you know, even, even getting through the intro uh, just now was slightly challenging. Um... I definitely feel some of my anxiety receptors having been triggered by this film, and as such, mm-hmm. uh, I, I lash out at other people when that happens. That's uh, going to you know, happen the, a lot. Today. My therapist this has is, told me 
We're all going to um, be very angry with each other. So we're triggered. Um, yeah. we're, we're triggered lib cucks. This is a delight for me because I'm not. I wasn't triggered at all by this movie. I know you movie. fucking weren't. And that, that makes me happy a, because yeah. it's, it's so often the opposite on this podcast. You, right. Prevert. So, I just, yeah, what are. is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. So many things. Ev- every week on this show, we do a different case study in the pop culture of a dying empire, as is our want. And yeah. um, most of the time we like to cover stuff that we like in some way, shape or form. Uh, that mm-hmm. was not the case this week with Minions, but it is a fantastic case study in the pop culture of a number of different dying empires, actually. Yeah, namely yeah. the Napoleonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the minions once canonically served. Yes. And we yes. will get there uh, because there are a lot of evil people in history they served and some very specific evil people that they did not because they were busy. That's right. That's doing right. Doing other things. They were otherwise occupied. No, um, AJ, I, you've, you've read it a little bit into the history of minions Yes. Uh, how it came about, the studio, stuff like that, right? Yes. So when you talk about Minions, it's the story of this guy named Sergio Pablos, who worked on The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Tarzan, and was the lead character animator of Dr. Doppler on Treasure Planet, and he was nominated for an Annie for that. Uh, he came up with this screenplay called Evil Me, which he pitched uh, and did all the original character designs for. He sold it to uh, Illumination Entertainment, who had just started their own studio. Um, yeah, were... Illumination is, uh, that's Universal's studio, right? Yes. They, 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 in, were they at the time... Uh, Owned by the the actual studio, or were they an independent? Do you happen to remember? Uh, for Despicable Me, they were a hundred percent already under Universal's uh, okay. umbrella. Okay. Because if you watch the first Despicable Me movie, it's like there's NBC shit all over that. Okay, thing. sure. There's like the logo, the branding, it's everywhere. Sergio Pablos eventually gets story by credit, but he is not a main screenwriter on it, and he would later go on to make the animated film Klaus for Netflix which uh, is actually a very good animated movie. Sure. Did you not like Klaus either? No, I didn't watch it because I'm not a child. Oh, but it's fun. It's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I'm coming in swinging, motherfucker. (laughs) This is what you did to me. Brian, this, uh, this is not what I did to you. I you did, did not, it. I you did, did not put it. minions. I did not put minions you on the on, on the topics you did. list. I you did, did do it. It's I 100 percent did it not. It is you. I, I didn't don't want to care. watch this movie. I don't care what you did. This is your fault, and you know it. Just because I didn't have <laughs> the worst time watching minions does not uh-huh. mean there were. Uh, this is just reminding me that when we hit 300 on the Patreon, there were a lot of people that wanted to see us just get in a straight up fight. Yeah, this might be the go. episode for you, go, dear baby. listeners. Yeah, this um, is it. This is it. This um, is so- a melee. I mean, so like <laughs> Illumination is like the descendant, not even of like the degraded, horrible DreamWorks brand. It's mm. a descendant of like the Fox animated movies like it's Blue Ice Sky. Age oh, and okay. Robots okay. and the Dr. Seuss adaptations. Right. Um, which is why in the first movie, one of the kids is wearing a Lorax shirt. Like, this is a very direct descendant of those movies. And they kind of look alike. I actually thought that a lot of those Fox movies were made by Illumination because they follow a very similar animated style. Yes, very bad, like, made-for-TV animation. Those movies that certainly happened. They're definitely good at franchising, too. Like, that's that's always been a strength. They, They, much like, much like George Lucas, they seem to have a knack for, like, designing characters who will be really easy to merchandise and the minions are that it seems yeah. even pretty much from the word go and despicable me like they're a fun little side thing and you know it always it's always interesting watching children's animated movies and seeing the things that the animators really enjoy and it seems like the minions are their outlet to do a lot of physical comedy mm-hmm. and do a lot of like their sort of like more looney tunes 
uh, based instincts of what you right. can do in animation. But the limits, of course, it being uh, in Despicable Me, it was like tw- 2010. And yeah. the limitations of what you could do in a 3D movie at that point made it, and especially with the budget that they had, mm-hmm. made it very impossible for them to like actually fully realize their stuff. So by it's the more time. More budget than anything. Because like. Yeah. Like. Wally had already come out in like 2006. Well, that's true. So, that is, yeah, <laughs> that is true. But I think what they were, for what they were going for with specifically like um, I think Hotel Transylvania actually does a much better job of this. Kenny Tartakovsky has a much better sense of like the animations that kids will find funny and that mm-hmm. like transcend mm-hmm. perhaps sometimes not the best scripts, but to make like actually like beautiful moments of animation. But this one was animated. Despicable Me started out um, as uh, being animated by McGuff. Uh, Mac Guff, sorry, a Paris-based animation company, Mac the Crime Dog. Guff? Yes, yeah, the Crime Mac, Dog. Mac Guff, Mac Guff, the Crime the Dog. Say on uh, McGuff. The Dog the, of Crime. The Dog he takes of Crime. A bite out of Crime. Yes, takes a bite out of the animation. He's the budget. Crime Dog. And uh, it was directed by Pierre Coffin and Chris Renaud. Uh, Pierre Coffin yeah. voices all the minions. I'm sorry, it's Pierre Coffin. And I will not hear it any other way for the rest uh, uh, of this. Oh, program. now we care about pronouncing French names. Yes, because I want to hurt you both. Oh All right. my Pierre God! Coffin, uh, <laughs> you gotta put it. Pierre Coffin. Pierre Coffin yeah, uh, invented Minionese, uh, and it is a combination of pretty much every language on the face of the earth. There's Japanese in there. There's Italian. There's Spanish. There's German. There's uh, Hebrew. French. And yeah. French uh, very predominantly, um, and it just sort of switches off depending on the scene. And so Despicable Me comes out. And it's fine. Uh, I think. Oh, I, I think in terms of like the critical reaction to it, everyone was just kind of like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, it's interesting, like the the way the minions work too, because it's like when they were advertising the movie, it was just the name Steve Carell and the right. silhouette of Gru. Right, right. Their first trailer was just the first scene of the movie. There are no minions present. The minions are just a a little part of the whole thing. The first scene. Of Despicable Me is a bunch of Americans going to Egypt and then they fall into an inflatable pyramid. Yes. Like, it's, there is no Steve Carell there. But, but the first scene with Steve Carell proper, when we're being introduced to Gru as a character, it's mostly just physical comedy. Like, it's not, it's not him doing yeah, his Gru very, voice. Uh, even saying physical comedy is, is giving them a lot of credit because there are very few gags. <laughs> uh, this, it's a screenplay that Peter Travers of Rolling Stone referred to as ingenious. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone only exists for movies to put his little pull quotes in the trailers. He is not a real critic. He's not a real man. No one has ever seen him alive. He may or may not exist. It's like that guy at the Post who who was the first to report on Jeffrey Epstein's death. That's like not actually a real person. That's just a name that they use. So Peter Travers is like is like 007. It's like a, a yeah. moniker. Okay, that it just attaches to theater. Or critics. similar names of uh, Franklin W. Dixon and Carolyn Keene of uh, Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew fame, respectively. Wow. Also not real people. Of course, yeah. We're getting all kinds of children's entertainment yeah. today. But yeah, Despicable uh, Me... Um, wait, only, Josh, how many Hardy Boys books have you read? Yeah. A lot of them. I, I had them growing up. Uh, uh-huh. My dad would read them to me before bedtime, actually. My, I've not my read parents a single were, one. My parents were into Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, and we even had some of the crossovers. I never got into them, hmm. but I did read some of the Boxcar Children mysteries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we I had, had all some Boxcar, too. yeah. Why did that happen? 
Why did they? Why, why did the children end up like in the, the first car? book? Yeah, where it's just like here's some orphans running from their granddad who oh. turns out is rich and nice, and they live in a boxcar and they right. like do Gary Paulson shit. Right, and why and did they, they pivot <laughs> to being like they solve mysteries? They solve mysteries with their <laughs> well, fucking dog. That well, was the that, thing that was at the time. Trend. Yeah, that was that, that was the, that was the nature. That was the style at the at time. That was the onion on the belt. I think they are still publishing new boxcar no children fucking books. Way. There are hundreds. Good for them. No. So for, oh, not good for them? Why not? <laughs> bad for them. Bad who, for them. who cares? Who is Let the boxcar children, children rest? I still want to do at some no point. No them. On this show, at some point, yeah. we need to do an episode about the Nancy Drew adventure games. Yeah. They're oh, yeah, fucking definitely. hilarious. Like, sure. They are very self-aware camp. They're a lot of fun. I'm down for um, that. Uh, unlike self-aware camp, uh, Despicable Me, uh, yes. I think, the closest review I could find to my own opinion of it is Christy Lemire of the Associated Press wrote, kids will dig it, adults will smile with amusement, and no one will be any different afterward than they were walking into the theater. <laughs> the thing Which, is how wrong she was. Oh, yeah. How fucking wrong she was about yeah. the allure yeah. of the little Tic Tac men on yeah. adults in America. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, the thing about, like, in terms of how it delivered against its budget... Despicable Me was produced on a budget of $69 million. Yes. Um, and ended up globally uh, well over... Re- it recouped its investment and then some, obviously. Its yeah. total take, according to Box Office Mojo, was about $543 million. Against a $69 million budget, yeah. you know, yeah. 543 is is a good chunk of change. You're, you know, you're making your money back and then some. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, um, like you said, AJ, a mere preview of the l- filthy lucre that was to come. But you, <laughs> yeah. know, you, you can they compa- make all these movies at the same budget level. Yes. Like yeah. no movie costs more than the first one. And they just keep making more and more. And because it's children's movies, your real market is at home. But you can compare this for just for the sake of comps like uh, Up, which came out in 2009, uh, the year before mm-hmm. Despicable Me was released, uh, was a one hundred seventy five million dollar budget. So. Basically, yeah. not quite three times as much, but like two and a half times as much. Yeah. Um, and gross globally, $735 million, oh, which is boy. not that much more. And when you account for the difference yeah. in budget, Despicable Me was almost as successful financially as Up. Mm-hmm. The way Illumination does this is they actually utilize different animation techniques that make the render that bring down the rendering times and uh, bring down cost in the animation. And what they use that money for is to get really, really like triple A voice talent. Right. And this Big is names. a holdover not, from well, not yeah. voice. Ta- this is an important distinction. Yes. Not voice talent. Yeah. Names. Big names. These are yeah. not necessarily people who are actually good at voice acting. We'll get into this later. And this is sort of a holdover from the Blue Sky days where you had Jim Carrey, Voice Horton, Here's a Who. Yeah, Blue Sky, DreamWorks. Even Disney to some degree was was doing that, of course, with like Toy Story, having Tim Allen and Tom Hanks and Don Rickles. So like the 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 having a movie star thing, even DreamWorks two-dimensional and animation Wallace was like. We, we, we should mention Wallace, the big box office draw that's of Wallace Shawn. I mean, Wallace Shawn is a good draw for a kid's movie, honestly, because that fucking <laughs> voice it's just well, that's incredible the, he, he is yeah, a great voice actor that's yeah. the thing he was so good in like a goofy movie he's one of the best performances yeah. in that film in, in mm-hmm. what i would argue is a very well-rounded uh uh suite of performances in that film yeah um but yeah you can choose to prioritize either people who are right for the roles and then yeah. maybe if they're a name that's a bonus yeah or you can get the biggest names imaginable this franchise 
uh, as a whole, is the 15th highest grossing film franchise of all time. Uh, Christ. This oh is. Hell yes. This. <laughs> Minions combined with Despicable Me is the highest grossing animated film franchise of all time. The? In, the. The it's highest. Toy Story. Yes. I'm losing all five of my senses right now. <laughs> I, everything is getting dark. <laughs> it's, it's Everything's turning yellow. Uh, I've, I'm speaking in tongues. Uh, <laughs> It's the it, minions it, are Pentecostals. I, I do want people they are to realize in fact, that they are in fact they're on fire for the Lord and their Lord is Peru. <laughs> um, so the, the I love that you're picking up the lingo. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the film. This is all your fucking fault. So you know yes. what? I'm gonna relish this minions episode. Yeah. Uh, the minions yeah, have been see? washed clean by the blood of the lamb. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen. There's gotta be a meme about that, right? There's gotta be well, someone. Oh well, who has I mean, made like the meme. thing is, like, so many minion memes on Facebook are religious. Yes, like, right. I'm sure if you just type in Jesus Christ minion Google image search, just yeah. do that right now. I'm, I'm you going will to do find, it right now. Do it with the safe like, search off. There trust is me. comfort <laughs> in the lamb and it'll be one of the fucking purple minions from oh. Despicable Me 2. Oh, hell yes. I am, I'm, oh, oh, these are, uh-huh. does these that are, work? It, it works. It's interesting because it's like, it's like a 50-50 balance of like uh, memes that were made to make fun of that tendency. Like, mm, you okay. know, it, yeah. like really ironic shit. And then, and then the real deal, like this, for instance, th- like everything that's related. I'm going to share my screen here so you guys can yeah, see yeah. this, so yeah. that our listeners can see. Right now, what I'm looking at here is this is from Pinterest, <laughs> and we've got a minion raising raising his hands up into the air. I believe that's <laughs> I believe that's Stuart. I believe sure, that's fine, Stuart fine, fine. Sure. Um, yeah. And it says every morning I wake up, I am blessed. No matter how much drama is in my life or how much pain my body may be in, I know God is watching over me. I I really like. One that's off to the side here where it's like a minion doing a mischievous face, which you usually couple with an innuendo. But here, the text just says the most important part about Christmas is the first six letters. Yeah, dear God, I know that I am not perfect. I know sometimes I forget to pray. I know I have questioned my faith. I know sometimes I loose my temper. <laughs> Looses it Thank- upon the world. But thank you for loving me unconditionally and giving me another day to start over again. Like, why is it not just like Larry the Cucumber? That guy's already Christian. And there's so like there's there's so many of these. I think yeah. Pinterest Pinterest is like seventy five percent minion memes at this I mean, point. If, I we, think. if we navigate over here what? and again, oh my god! So this is a minion, and he's got he's doing like puppy eyes. Yeah, and his his, his like toes are turned inward, and he's. He's it's got like some he's, real bottom eyes, some real yeah, sudden. Yeah, he's like trying to come on to somebody somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the text is the text is in italics too. Mm-hmm. It says the first ever cordless phone that that's capitalized. Yeah, by cordless the way, and phone both capitalized. <laughs> was created by God. He named it prayer. Dot, dot, dot. There's an ellipsis in here for some reason. It never loses its signal. And you, just the letter U, they had room for the whole word. Yeah. Never have to capital letter recharge it. Use it anywhere. I'm going to print these out and post them all over my room so I don't forget. The minions take off. All these memes start happening yeah. online. Uh, it seems like people are really, really embrace this thing. So, and the, and the interesting thing is like in Despicable Me 1... Yeah, they play a not too large role. They're not on screen for most of the movie. Yeah, they do. In some Despicable Me too, even after they've caught fire, 
they're not there fucking at all. The minions like disappear for most of the movie so that they can get sort of funneled into this weird little scheme where they turn purple so that they're more marketable and then they're evil for five minutes before they turn good again and then the movie's done. But it's all in the advertising. Like the advertising for I think Despicable Me 2 is just three minions singing Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys, mm, right. but it's banana. They're singing banana instead of Barbaran, which that, I've always been bothered by the way they sing the word Barbara in that song. I'm you know bothered by a sing? lot of things. You know what I the, prefer to sing? What do you what do you prefer to sing? I prefer to sing bomb 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 Iran. Oh, that's uh-huh. a good one. Yeah. The, the minions, yeah, the minions also did that. Yeah, they they, they actually yeah. did it before John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> they endorsed John McCain. No one remembers this, but they were on the Straight Talk Express. Well, that's the point. I, I think John McCain, it's just their natural inclination, the minions, is to serve the most evil person possible. Right, so I feel like going after John McCain makes plenty of sense. Not yeah. always, right? There are a couple instances where the movie teases that they could actually go to the more evil people and then they just don't but right well i mean because the first movie they're with Gru. Gru is not special like he pulls something off at the end of the first movie he shrinks the moon briefly um but like up until that point he's just a villain in a Mm. world full of villains yeah he's a disappointment to his mom who is played by julie andrews and a delightful vocal performance i think so this spinoff was sort of inevitable right yeah minions were always going to get their own movie uh minions is directed by uh Sorry, no, you're getting this right, goddammit. Okay. It's Pierre Coffin. Pierre Coffin. 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 Uh, so Minis is directed by Pierre Coffin and Coffin. Kyle <laughs> And it's written by Brian Lynch, who is essentially the Illumination screenplay guy. So he wrote the Secret Life of Pets movies. With Louis C.K. Yeah, yep. Oh, Only in the first yes, one. Dude. Only in the first one. He was replaced. I, well, I mean, I knew about it before, before it, like, even came out. The, like when Louis finally got brought down, it was everyone was like, "Why is Louis C.K. in this fucking movie?" <laughs> right. Like, this is just very strange. Yeah. Well, he's also not a particularly good voice actor either. He's no, not a very it's good not. Actor it's not general, like when but... it's not like when George Carlin did Shining Time Station, where it's like right. that's kind of surprising, but he was actually like really wonderful. Well, yeah. it's also like who he actually is as a person. Like if yeah. you see yeah. Carlin outside of his stand-up persona, he actually is just like a really sweet grandfatherly kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. When he's not just loaded full of cocaine. <laughs> right. But again, it is the illumination tendency to just like, we need the name. We need the name yeah, in there yeah. as opposed to actually matching it to the performance. Brian Lynch also wrote the story for Minions, The Rise of Gru, which is a movie that uh, Josh and I have not seen, but Brian watched today. I watched it because I was going to watch all the movies to understand the lore. So I watched Despicable Me, Despicable Me, the second one. Uh, Minions and Minions 2 not realizing that there was a Despicable Me 3 between Minions 1 and Minions 2 and once again I blame AJ but it's, As you how should. could this possibly be my fault because fuck it's your fault. you you, it's your fault. you didn't Google? prepare me it's your fault <laughs> I didn't prepare yeah. you this is not my See, idea AJ's this is a fault. cheerocracy blame and AJ. both of us AJ's cheerleaders blame are AJ. blaming you we're awkwardizing you. I'm going to make Amanda Green write a musical about this, and it's going to be fine. Guys, if you think this isn't funny, strap in. <laughs> it's about to get even less funny, motherfucker. <laughs> so, so here's some facts about minions. They're three feet, seven inches tall. Okay. They're Swiss. Oh. No. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that, are not. that is canonically true. There Sorry, are, that broke if, my partner. If you can hear, if it, hear them. anything, if anything, they are Croatian. 
<laughs> they're not Croatian. They are canonically no, come on. Yes. Come on. <laughs> they have the poor moral character of a croat. I was thinking that they're they're incredibly tiny and extremely racist, so they're probably Serbian, actually. <laughs> um, this is this is a quote from the Wikipedia. They have no discernible noses, but can see but seem capable of smelling as they are shown mm-hmm. smelling fruit and are affected by the fart gun. Right, and they have butts. Yeah. We know this. We know they have um, butts. Uh, no genitalia. A little self-conscious about their nipples, apparently. Uh-huh. That's like um, their their naughty bits. We don't we don't know that they have no genitalia. I just wanted to point out that Minions was produced yeah. on a seventy four million dollar budget. How much did it make, Josh, at the global box office? Globally, it made one point one billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's yeah. billion with a B. Yep. 336 million in America, 823 million internationally. That is just theatrical box office. Yeah. Like, think about all the stickers. Oh, yeah. The merchandising. Fucking plush toys. The theme parks. Fucking Universal Studios sure. is covered yeah. in minions. This this thing is a fucking money printing machine. Was it really? Was it minions? The release of the actual film minions that really put the minions front and center as no it was to, really no. it was really despicable me it was really okay. from, from the, the word jump go. yeah people it love, was already showing up on facebook uh it was already showing up on bumper stickers that that's what i seem to remember is just all of a sudden seeing a bunch of cars in michigan with minions on them. yeah as as goes as goes michigan <laughs> so too goes america that's <laughs> minch chicken what minion chicken what minion chicken no. What are you doing? Meninchigan. Put that down. Meninchigan. It's dangerous. <laughs> See, now you're just sounding like a minion. This is Satan. This is devilish. This is evil. So we begin with cellular life. Yeah. We do. With just single cell life hold, forms. Hold, hold on, Brian. That's not where we start. What we start yes, is the is. minions singing the universal theme no, over the uh, over the globe. That doesn't count as the beginning. It does when there's minions singing the theme song. No, and you, okay, you know, it's fine. It counts less, actually. Minions sing less. the fucking John Williams. Bah, 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 bah. That is not John Williams. Oh, it's not? I no, saw, I that saw is, that. no, 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 no. That is Jerry Goldsmith, the composer behind Star Trek right. and the Planet of the Apes and, oh. and Alien. That is not John Williams. Okay, John Williams did the did the 20th Century Fox that's right. fanfare. That's right. Oh, but okay. I knew it was, it was a conflict of, of interest. Of course. <laughs> what but if it did it for that, all studios, if we, if we spend this much time in the details, it will take us eight hours to recap Minions, and I don't want that to happen. I don't want to recap it. I'm trying to keep it from happening. <laughs> Me too. I want to move through this as quickly as possible, but you have okay, to at least talk about the major it. fucking beats because the movie begins as a nature documentary. Yeah. yeah. It, it's Which, supposed to be wait, like- No, a, the way that you say it makes it sound like a good idea, but they don't actually like go for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. If, well, if, they, if they had actually decided to stick to the concept and it was like, this is a nature documentary about minions in the style of like, you know, Disney's, uh you know, thing where they Grand throw lemons off the cliff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Vanishing could prairie. Potentially be a fun framing. They they have this uh you know David Attenborough style voiceover for like a minute and then yeah. they just drop the framing entirely. Well, that's, okay, uh, that's Jeffrey Rush. It is Jeffrey way. Rush. And here's here's my question about this. Uh, I wonder because they did this with Miyazaki movies when they brought them over from Japan too, where they added like a voiceover for the American audience. Oh yeah, and like I, the original Nausicaa release. Yeah, yeah. and I wonder. Mm. 
if this Jeffrey Rush thing is I would believe that it was sort of like a, a an after the fact reimagining of what happened because studio heads got involved if it wasn't for the rest of the movie. That because that feels right. The whole movie does hint at this idea of being like a classic cartoon that tells its story without dialogue or with as little dialogue as possible. Right, right. But then it continually goes back to just having dialogue around right even to the point where like when it's just minions together they all of a sudden just start saying everything in english right like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> or at least like the ends of sentences in english yeah or like it's like but phrases, even yeah. even because they don't believe that they can actually set up a good intention or a good cartoon premise and i believe them they can't <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah we, we 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 pretty quickly see through the animation itself that like that really deep uh, animated based storytelling is not something that this studio is capable of. Yeah. Right? And, and like mm-hmm. when you look at Blue Sky, a lot of those movies and, and like DreamWorks, too, it's just like it's a lot of dialogue based stuff. The Scrat stuff in Ice Age always works. It's right. always very well done, yeah. sort of Warner classic Warner Brothers type animation. Right. And then it just becomes a story where Hank Azaria and uh, Ray Romano bitch at each other. Yeah. Hank Azaria. <laughs> Do you mean Dennis Leary? Hank Azaria. He's the sloth, isn't he? No, that's John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, same thing. It's wow. That's <laughs> the same thing. Come on. Wow. No. If, if you want to cast John Leguizamo and you can't get him, you're going to get Hank Azaria and the other way around. No. Well, in this movie, you're not going you, to get uh, you any know of those. Uh, instead, you're going to get the same guy doing all the minions and, yeah. and, and Jeffrey uh, Rush and, and, and the narrator. And who, who is the voice of the minions? Pierre Coffin. Okay, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Very useful. I like the implication that man is the absolute worst species that ever came around because the minions are instantly drawn to the most despicable species they can, and man appears. First, they serve a dinosaur, and then the dinosaur dies from a rock. Well, they keep killing Um, all of their masters, basically. Also, like a good premise that they don't actually follow through for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of because like, yeah, you're right. Like Fair they they kill off a Pharaoh, they kill off Dracula, they kill off Napoleon Bonaparte himself. Yeah, but yeah. vampires um, are real in this universe, which was kind yeah, of bad. Sure, why, not? why not? Why not? It's yeah. not Vlad Tepesh. And it's like really the Middle Ages, that's that's the biggest villain of the time. So they end up <laughs> in a cave, uh like a glacial cave. Very conveniently Right yes. before the rise of fascism in Europe. Yes. Very, very, very convenient. Which is which is interesting because minions are known to kill off their masters and they're already shaped like cyanide pills. Right. They they yeah, they could have put them down in the <laughs> in the bunker <laughs> bunker. <laughs> and Hitler's like, I have one there. final plan and we're gonna win it. And then they're like, Here's your dinner, and he's like, Great, oh, this tastes a little nutty. And then he dies. Just Ava Braun sitting there being like, but I don't want to eat the little yellow guys. They are so cute. <laughs> anyway. They are hungry for banana. <laughs> <laughs> they like papaya. They want to fuck the fire hydrants. As a result of yeah. the minions entering this period of extended cavern, they, they build a little village that looks like the village from Riven. Yeah, um, no, it is. <laughs> it is that. <laughs> Which that's I what just, Riven is about. That's yeah. right. That's right. But eventually, you know, they get bored there. Uh, Kevin, who's the uh, sort of leader minion, decides to deliver a speech. It's like, we should yeah. leave the, the cave. Yeah. And so they go and they leave the cave. They get on a boat and they come ashore in New York City. Well, yeah. we should establish yeah. just three of them. It's yeah. just a scouting no. expedition. Yeah, and, we, right. should, and we, should, we should, like, take this moment to establish the three minions that we have. We have should Ke- we? We have Kevin, who is the tall one. <sighs> he is the leader. He is the smart minion. Uh, then we have Stuart, who is the showboat and a complete waste of time. He doesn't do anything for the entire movie. Besides, oh, that, 
that's the one. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the minion that's that you're passing one. moral judgment on. Uh, yeah. Kevin is good. Yeah, Kevin uh-huh. is noble. Kevin honest. is doing things. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin sacrifices himself. I cannot for fucking the believe that you are a Kevin head. Yeah, I'm a huge Kevin Jesus head. Jesus Christ. This is going out public. This yeah, is this one is, of our main this episodes. I'm not going to cut any of that for time. He's going to, all of our listeners are going to know who you are as a result of this episode. You're going to lose Luxembourg. Well, here's the thing. You are going to Posting cringe, and you are going to lose subscribers. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin is my second tier minion, actually, because my favorite minion is Bob because he's the child and uh, the idiot minion. Like everyone just calls him an idiot. He has a little bear, and I he has heterochromia. And unfortunately, I look here's he's like Max Scherzer. He's the Max Scherzer of the minion. <laughs> you all have to understand that I his went, fastball isn't anywhere near as impressive. I went oh, into Jesus this. Ep- I went into this movie thinking it was going to be like the worst time. And it's and it was it wasn't it was fine. I thought it was fine. And I don't like this. I don't like that I felt something for Bob or that I felt something for Kevin. But I did. Look, I did. I'm sorry. Hold hold on. You rude thoughts. I'm honestly like I'm not ironically mad right now. I'm genuinely upset with you. I had an emotional reaction. Like I can't. I get it. I I get. Oh my god. I'm trying to tell you but you're screaming at me I don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) I just want to pass judgment that's true look that's fair that's fair and I'm just going to hold my bear and cry and you're going to think it's adorable this is not a polemic no it's not Um, look here's the thing do I feel good that I feel this way no I don't but I I get it like I understand why minions are Likeable, like I get the okay. appeal. Well, why, why don't why don't you let that? That would actually be really interesting then, because I don't understand the appeal. If you could sort of outline what was it about them that you found to be so I don't know, such a hook, so appealing. Uh, well, they're I think they can be very cute, and I think that they act like children, and that can be very funny sometimes. Like I don't think. Most of the jokes in this movie work, and a lot of the vocal performances, I think, really miss the mark. Mm-hmm. But there are jokes in this thing that really work for me. And there is something about... and You put a child figure in any sort of movie who is confused and lost or scared and afraid, and I'm going to feel something for them. That's just That's just what I... That is the curse of me watching a movie like Minions. So when Bob you. is How upset, dare you have a heart. Well, when Bob is upset, I get upset. And when and when you know Kevin, whenever I any character, I couldn't even keep their fucking names straight. That's what's so wild to me. Well, about and this. I don't blame you for that because I think that Stewart is such an undefined character in this and does so little that it's very fucking easy to mix Stuart them up. Keeps ruining everything. AJ, Kevin and Bob keep, AJ, I literally, they keep delivering every scene but Stuart, he's he's breaking this film. Yeah, to be clear, it. to it's be clear boring. I, my, my point here is not I can't keep the three of them straight from each other with their names. My yeah. point is I can't remember their names. Like oh. I'm amazed that you have this strong of a a, 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 a connection. Well, there's so few, the, there's so little other characters in this movie that like it's it, throughout kind of have to. all of the movies. Kevin seems to be the one that gets named the most. Yes, they just say Kevin over and over because and he's over the again. So I, yeah. I remember who Kevin is. Yeah. But again, Stuart is a name that I have to like force myself to remember. And Bob is just funny because it's Bob, you know. 
Uh, Stewart is not delivering. He's just not. Well, he's he's supposed to be like the superstar, but then he never pursues that really in the entirety of the story. And at the end, he gets an electric guitar for no reason. Anyway, (laughs) dead um, weight. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the three of them arrive in New York City and they see a giant poster for uh, Richard Nixon. That's supposed to be a joke, right? It is supposed to be a joke, but it's also also like, why didn't they work for Nixon? Right. It feels like it was like a previous draft of the script was they went and worked at the White House under Nixon. And what a missed opportunity they should have done that i i I pretty quickly was frustrated with this film's portrayal of new york city because you can tell when a movie cares about the specificity of its setting and when it doesn't right and this to me was a great example of it just not caring it was like what's a big city how about new york right they go down to a place that is like supposed to be like macy's but it's not macy's and also it's it's not even a reference to Macy's. It's just a department store that exists. Fancy it's sounds just, vaguely like Macy's. I no, mean, it it's like, doesn't. There were a lot of department stores in New York. You had Stearns over by Bryant Park. Yeah, like, Bloomingdale's. There, there were, yeah, there were lots of department stores. So, like, I, you got you got real stuck on this Macy's thing because it doesn't look like Macy's because it has like an open atrium. But well, it seemed like they were trying to make a reference to that, but then failed to pin down the specific. This is like I, a this I is a bugbear for me when you adopt a real life setting and you don't treat that setting with any of the specificity that it deserves. Yeah, which New maybe York that's just weird... doesn't have enough movies about it. Right. Uh, yeah, there are not that enough movies reference. that are really specific yeah. about New York. That There's were shot in 1968. There's nothing. Ever featured R.H. Macy's, the interior, or anything like right. that. They right. spend incredibly limited amount of time here because they're almost immediately off to Orlando. If they wanted to really work for the most evil man in New York in 1968, they should have gone right over to the Triborough. Robert Moses had his office right under that fucking bridge. And you yeah. know what? Well, nothing gets the kids in seats. Nothing gets those butts in seats <laughs> by being like Robert Moses. You know, the kids Look, are just I just, I just watched them. the second Minions movie and it's all just jokes about the 70s. So they could have easily done a Robert Moses thing. I was really hoping that like the directors had a very weird axe to grind where like the Minions would end up working for Andy Warhol or right. something. They're like, yeah. that's actually the guy who was the most evil man. <laughs> Correct. In 1968. But yes, they do. They do hitchhike their way to Orlando because what we discover is there's going to be a villain conference down there. Yeah, because villainy Mm -hmm. in this universe is like a job like any other job. Right. Despicable Me franchise like always has to go back to the fact that it's like this is a world of supervillains. There are no superheroes, it seems. No, but. Like, it just forgets about it. Like, most people don't seem to know that there are supervillains. Yeah, right. even or though care, really. There are supervillains. Like, even though, like, like in this movie, the, the fucking throne for England gets stolen away from the queen. Yeah. And, like, that is not a blip on anyone's radar well, it's all by the larceny. time we get to the Like, day. all supervillains yeah. want in this world is to steal the biggest thing. Like, the first right. Despicable Me movie, Gru wants to steal the moon and then succeeds in doing yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you know, you're trying to do an inversion of a classic kids movie by being like, like, well, here's one about villains. It's not the first time that that's been done, but it's like you have a framework that you can work from and they just aren't actually interested in it, which maybe is for the best because Megamind came out the exact same year as Despicable Me. Right, right. But that is specifically superheroes and supervillains. This is more like a James Bond villain. Uh, well, or like, except that or like old detective comics or something. I don't yeah. know. I, sort I, I, of. I feel like it's squishy. The, well, all the all the Despicable Me movies, all their fonts are the Jerry Brockheimer like uh, action movie fonts of the 90s mm. and like late 80s. And so it seems to me that Gru is just like a a a super genius. Like no one in this world has superpowers. They all are just very, very smart and can build technology that can yeah. then mimic 
what are essentially superpowers. So um, they go to Villain Con uh, after getting uh, picked up by by a family also going to Villain Con who right. are a family of just bank robbers. Bank robbers. Uh, yeah, that, played by that Michael Keaton also, and Allison Janney as the two. That also qualifies as villainy here, I guess. It, it's just bank robbing. I will yeah. say this: Michael Keaton and Allison Janney are both having the fucking time of their life and they're well cast roles. they're so mm-hmm. well cast in this. another thing that i noticed about this sequence too because as they're on their way down to orlando you know they rob a bank and this then leads to a high-speed chase down the highway from an animation perspective i thought it was so interesting how this scene had clearly been like storyboarded out you know they worked mm-hmm. out the whole thing yeah but the the, the animation is just so inert like the, nothing has a sense of real weight to it. Yeah, that's something that you especially will notice in Pixar films that they do, so, especially The Incredibles, which I do yeah. want to talk about in a little bit. Why um, does it have some similarities to, yeah. <laughs> to the art style of this Just film, a little Josh? bit, just yeah. a little teeny bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, hmm. like I said, I said when I was watching the first movie, like this feels like I'm watching a CGI animated TV show and yeah. that feeling never really goes away. Some yeah. of the minion scenes are a little bit more fluid, but you're right. They're still completely weightless. I mean, at yeah. one point the, the, they knock over like entire telephone poles, which sets mm-hmm. off this chain reaction that leads to a water tower collapsing. Yeah. And none of that, like it, it, it feels like it's, you're knocking over toothpicks. You yeah. don't have the sense of weight or momentum that you get. And again, that's something that Pixar always 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 excels at right and yeah. so you really and that's those set pieces tend to be a central part of their movies and so mm-hmm. when somebody tries to do that thing and can't do it you really notice why it's happening mechanically yeah mm-hmm. and uh as they're traveling down to orlando uh we get a cutaway back to check on all the other minions who are still in their ice palace and there's a scene where they're all playing soccer and i thought it was very funny uh, the, you did? Yeah, they're they're just very lackadaisically playing soccer, and you just watch the soccer ball slowly roll into a into the goal, and then like two seconds after it's in, the goalie jumps to try and block it, and then the whole crowd just goes yay. And I thought it was very funny. I think I it's feel a very like, funny bit. I think it's something that could be funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's not something that is funny. Well, to me. same same as the family that robs banks, something right. that could be funny, but it, like the actual joke of it doesn't like they haven't they haven't mined it for what it's worth. Well, it does because it does that one in particular doesn't get gritty enough for me. Like it really needs to like get into like, but it can't because it's like this very sanitized, clean version of villainy. But like the funny version of that joke, I think, is that like actual people are getting like dismembered and murdered by yeah. this like very yeah. wholesome family. I think yeah. that's that's, that's got to be the joke. But in this sanitized environment, it can't make it. Um, and so they hit Orlando and it's Swampland because it's 1968 and there's nothing there yet. By the way, the only way to access VillainCon, private automotives, you have to have your own car. It's a lot like Robert Moses and the way that he designed cities. Josh, just wanted listen, to throw that out listen there. to me. I need you to listen to me. They're not going to put Robert Moses in the Minion movie. They should have. They should have done it. They just can't. They should have done it. Minions they won't do 3, it. Rise of the Power Broker. <laughs> 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 but although here's what I will Everybody say that's rides. kind of interesting about what we discover when we get into villain con. There is this obsession with bureaucracy in this universe. The first Despicable Me is about Gru trying to get a loan to fund right. his villainy from Will right. Arnett. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, our heroes, the minions, uh, th- their whole thing is they want to see Scarlet Overkill, who's the world's first female supervillain. Yeah. Apparently, she's got the keynotes, keynote slot at VillainCon. Yeah. Um, everybody, and everybody wants to be her henchman. She doesn't have Everybody henchmen. wants to be her henchman. Everybody wants to sit in the bureaucracy underneath her. And so this is a moment where I just wanted to talk about, like, how thematically this movie is sort of in conversation with The Incredibles. Sure. Because... The Incredibles is a movie that's all about, you know, it's and other people have talked about this in a way more articulate way than I could. Mm. But like Brad Bird is a fucking, you know, Randian freak, right? Like he yeah. he loves all of Ayn Rand's shit. Yeah. And, the Incredibles is is a fantastic objectivist movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which, you know, the best people, uh, the most extraordinary people. The uh, Ubermensch. Are, the Ubermensch mm-hmm. are given the ability to do what they want how they want to do it freely, or at least they should. In that the the biggest impedance toward a just world is one in which the extraordinary people cannot make extraordinary things happen. Because of tort laws. (laughs) And also how unextraordinary people should never try to be extraordinary, but should get out of the way of the extraordinary. This being said, The Incredibles is a a great film. It's Uh, a fantastic movie. I love it. it. This is sort of mirrored in a way in Minions, where like there is also... Sort of these people who are incredible at what they do, in this case, the villains. Yeah. The dream, if you cannot achieve that level mm-hmm. of, of, of evilness, mm-hmm. is to exist in their bureaucracy. It's yeah. actually yeah. quite similar, I think, to the incredible. That you have where, to make a bureaucracy for the, incre- for the incredible people. Yeah. Like you become yeah. the bureaucracy. And maybe the people who are at lower levels of the bureaucracy aren't quite as incredible as the ones at the top. Yeah. But they at mm-hmm. least have the opportunity to like do something in a way that uh, fulfills their needs. Right. But again, that it's the, the, the people who are the best who ought to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, the worst, because they're despicable. It shows what the movie could have been and then just never quite gets there because we spend so much time with Scarlet Overkill. Yeah. Who is a yeah, character? I, I, just, I just don't think that the movie could have been that because those because a lot of gags are written in these movies Yeah, because here's the thing I have met one of the gag writers for the Despicable Me movies. Oh, interesting. Uh, he is a depressing, uh, <laughs> jaded Dutchman. Why would he be depressed? Or he's, jaded. Literally, he's literally a Dutch like Dutch, from the Dutch? Netherlands. Oh, yeah. no. A Nederlander. Those are separate from the writing of the movie overall. Amazing. So like, okay. it can't be integrated into the story because it's not, it's not the same people. It's the sure. minions writing the minions jokes. And, and I think that's also another thing about why, I mean, to point to another example of an animated movie where bits make sense in the broader context would be something like Coco, Pixar's Coco, yeah. where you've got all of those visual gags, bits, setups, and so mm-hmm. forth that are to do with the bureaucracy of sort of the 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 world of the, the, the afterlife, of dead. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's like, oh, you can... You can have yeah. these moments. You can have a bit about like an overly, overly slow clerk and yeah. that can play into the plot in some well, meaningful way. Well, and the thing is, like with animation, classically what happens with animation, and I don't think this is what happens at, at Illumination at all. Animation is made sort of scene by scene. Animated movies are developed by animators yeah. who are working out a certain idea in a given scene. And then those things start to get woven into the larger thing. And then they start to refine the the animation for each one from the animatics or the storyboards or whatever they have. Right. So it's actually a very experimental pro- process. E- even the biggest like Disney movies, this is always like if you watch the sweat box, even in the, into the 90s, it's still being made scene by scene. If you watch behind the scenes of e- the Shrek movies over at DreamWorks, they're still doing a sort of scene by scene development. 
and I think with minions, with with Despicable Me, with anything that Illumination does, Mario, whatever, yeah, it's um, they are making a whole movie based on an outline, and then they are getting gag writers to do specific gags. And so it's happening in a different phase in the process. Mm. And those gag writers are really the ones who should be developing the movie over time. Right. That's not what's happening. Right. Yeah. right. Because gags bit when something is a callback for the sake of a callback, a joke for the sake of a joke. If something doesn't weave its way into the broader fabric of a thing, then right. it becomes its own little isolated thing that draws attention to the thing for the yeah. sake of the thing, as opposed to advancing the thing in its entirety forward in a meaningful way. The joke way. becomes isolated, much like your penis would be if it were mm. wrapped in an Obama condom. Mm. 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 <laughs> That's a callback. That's, a callback. <laughs> That's how it's done. <laughs> oh my God. So the minions become Scarlet Overkill's uh, <laughs> fucking minions yeah. because they steal a ruby or they're yeah, able briefly. to like. And again, remember, it's just these three minions the whole time. Like yeah. th there's another thing going on with the other minions that is totally separate from the rest of the movie and doesn't even really have a plot. Um, no, it's just them reuniting eventually with the three minions and it's their journeys across the world. Uh, and yeah. Scarlet Overkill, we should maybe take like a minute or two to describe what her deal is. Um, she's evil. Uh, she has she a dress. She wants to be queen. She has a dress that's also a rocket, which comes into play later on. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool design. I, know, I, I like that. Design. I feel like I feel like with a character whose name is like Scarlet Overkill, you want to have an outfit that is like, oh, it's a lily, but it's gilded or she's wearing a hat on top of another hat. Like oh, you want to yeah. really play the, like that's a little Venture Brothers is like but right, really right. play with the puns there. I guess they're also trying to do a play on the on the name Scarlet O'Hara, but that doesn't really land. And it wouldn't because it would that's not the, the joke. It'd be yeah. a yeah. oh for a kill. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That and one. Like Sandra Bullock is is putting in pretty disappointing work here. Very, I would yeah, yeah. This this is another thing. To like the she's point, better than this. And to yeah. the point, I think of like the, what you were saying, Brian, about how they sort of assemble everything and yeah. then they slot shit in. That's clearly the approach that they take toward voice casting as well. They yeah. are not developing these characters in collaboration with the voice artists. Yeah, clearly the voices. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can like. Their tone doesn't match what they do yeah. in a given scene. Right. Like right. visually, what's happening on their yeah. faces is completely disconnected in many cases from the vocal performance. Yeah. yeah, and and it's such a it's such a shame because as we said, Sandra Bullock is so much is a very good actor and is better than what performance she gives in this movie. But it's also this is not just a symptom of minions. Like this is the entire Illumination catalog sure. across mm -hmm. the board has this problem, and occasionally. It's just it's luck for most for the most part. Like Steve Carell voicing Gru is yeah. great because they're on the exact same page at this point. Um, and I would argue that it actually gets even more refined in the later movies. Like they need a movie to figure out what the voice is. But when you only have a character that's in one movie, you can't do that. Right. It's just you got this one shot and I think you blow it. But it's not as if this is a problem that is endemic to animation. Like no. Disney no. and no. Pixar have nailed this shit for years. Even um, with getting big celebrities to do it. Yes, I mean, Tim yeah. Allen is doing the work of his career in the Toy Story movies. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. Tom Hanks is also quite extraordinary in those yeah. movies, I would argue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he is. I'm just saying Tim Allen, like, oh, does yeah. not that, hit that, those levels anywhere that's his else ceiling. in his career. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's also, like, it just comes down to money, too. It's, like, how much they're willing to spend. Because what, yeah. that's, what it sounds like to me is maybe, like, an afternoon. Yeah, I mean, be, it, it, as opposed it to like coming in and doing retakes with the right. animation gets more it's finalized. It's Bill Murray as Garfield. It's Bill Murray recording on a single day, mm -hmm. doing the whole script of Garfield. 
Whereas yeah. like, because again, because animation is developed over time, a lot of times what happens is you will have a short recording session, but then they're going to call you back later because they've changed something. You, you're going to come back in and record new lines and then come back in months later and record new lines. That's why, again, using Shrek as an example, because I think Shrek is kind of the bridge between sort of the classic, like this is how Disney gets a movie made versus like much more crass commercial stuff, but still relatively well done. Mm-hmm. Shrek had Chris Farley in that movie for years and years and years, and then he died, but they were right. still developing the movie. So mm. they couldn't use his voice because they still had to make new scenes. Um, so that's when they called Mike Myers. You know, all of this started with Robin Williams doing the genie in Aladdin. Right. Like he was yeah. he was the first yeah. big celebrity name. And his whole thing was just like, you know, you will not put my name in the title. You will not put right, me right. anywhere His near was it. like, I will not be a celebrity in your fucking movie. Right. And, and then like, they fucking did it. They fucking right. did it anyway. At what point in the animation development process did they do the voice acting? Like, were they watching? Were, yeah. When they yeah. were doing it, were they actually, did they have the opportunity to look at anything while they voiced that's it a, over? That's a very good was question. Was it a storyboard? Was it an animatic? Was it a fully fleshed out animation? Like, where were they in the process? Like a a good animated movie, you're going to start with the voices. You might have a character model in place, but you're going to work off of the voice actor and then get that animation going. So that's why Genie works so well, right? Because with that, you know, they allow Robin Williams to improvise and everything else. So like that gives them the room to animate the way that they want. But you can see some like behind the scenes features on like the shitty Michael Eisner era direct to video Disney sequels like uh, the Beauty and the Beast Christmas. Right. They're actually syncing their vocal track to, to the animation animated sequences. Wow. Right. Um, and I would not be surprised if like, yeah, the voice acting comes sort of in the middle of the process right. in a movie like this. Right. Or there's just something about the way that they send this off to the French animation studio and they're just not that interested in mimicking the performance. But yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of movies, when you go down the scale of of expenditure, it's going to end up being more like when you dub something into another language. And it, it just it feels uncanny, actually, sometimes, yeah. especially yeah. watching Scarlet Overkill, because her face will be doing like this very sort of like pointed, like jokey kind of performance. Mm-hmm. And Sandra Bullock's mm-hmm. vocals are just very actually subdued. Yeah, yeah they're and like wry. And why? Like, like it's yeah. a completely different character than the one you're watching. So you can never, I think, really fully get inside her head or on her side or like see her as a character because the entire time you're thinking that's just Sandra Bullock bored in a sound booth. Right. You know and, I mean? and, and I mean, you, you earlier you mentioned Shrek, like Shrek has a lot of issues, obviously. This is not one of them. Um, yeah, the, no. the the actual animation and how it syncs up with the, with the voices is part of what makes the animation actually compelling to watch. Yeah. 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 I would I would argue that Shrek is actually very well cast in terms of mm-hmm. its vocal mm-hmm. performances, even though they are big names, you know, behind it. I think Cameron Diaz does a wonderful job as Fiona, and yeah. they, they uh, get John big Lithgow names. Is the perfect Farquaad. Yeah, they get big names who know how to do a cartoon, and yeah. like in the case of Eddie Murphy and John Lithgow, that's just how they perform anyway. They're right. both just big, and they have a lot of tonality in their voice that they go up and down, and, and like this is more like the kind of vocal work you get in like BoJack Horseman, where it's like here's a celebrity kind yeah. of reading a line straight which serves Bojack a little bit more because the animation is is also pretty flat it's intentionally low-key yeah yeah it's it's more a naturalistic I I think that's the wrong word but it is you know it's not as here 
here it's all playing against each other. Right. Uh, so, they, yeah, they become Scarlet Overkill's minions and they go to London because this you movie is so busy. This, there's so much shit happening in this movie. We're, yep. we, we were in New York and, well, actually, we were like all over the world, but like New York, Orlando, and then London, which is where we'll spend the rest of the movie, except for the brief period of time where we cut away to the minions trying to get to London and go from Australia to India by erecting a giant ladder yeah. and then putting and it over a For some reason, cliff. like you have a single screen where they're, yeah, jumping across or whatever and Australia is in the daylight and it, and India it's nighttime it's so fucking I weird I don't know, you know what how, the gag is you know how you could have yeah, done that either. gag that would have no worked idea. Hmm. I, I can give you an example right off the yeah. top of my head I literally yeah. just thought of this you see them bouncing around in front of the Sydney Opera House you yeah. see them jumping into the ocean the very next thing you see is them coming out of the ocean and then they're dancing uh-huh. past the Taj Mahal yeah. right that's yeah. the joke if like, you want to yeah. do it that way like if you if you want to do the night and day the international dateline joke that should be from like Alaska to Russia no but so they're they're in an Antarctica I think and they're going diagonally up through Australia and India to England. How did they get to Antarctica? They were with Napoleon. Whatever. They're yeah, polar they were wa- bears. They were wandering in Russia and they ended up in Antarctica. You don't remember Napoleon's Antarctica expedition? Yeah. <laughs> his, I, his ice loo. If anything, they would have been in the North Pole. Because water freezes. So mm. it's ice loo. Whatever. Whatever. Well, like Waterloo? Oh, yeah. That, that doesn't. No. Yeah, it does. Because no, water freezes, does. Josh. So it's ice. Water doesn't freeze. You are gaslighting me right now. Water <laughs> evaporates and it turns back into liquid. It never freezes and it never fucking has. Yeah, you you don't like you don't know what ice. Are you coming? Are you doing? You don't know what ice is. I know is what ice the, is. People what freeze is it? stuff. Yeah, what what is it? Then? It's ice. <laughs> it's frozen liquid, but it's not water because water can't freeze. It doesn't want to. It voted against it thirty years ago. Uh, once, the, once the minions move <laughs> to across, <laughs> they, they continue on their journey England, northwesterly yeah. toward England. Yeah. Um, we learn that Scarlet's plot is to try to steal the queen's crown, and then yeah. we get this title card. And this, I felt, is a great example of the type of joke in huge air quotes that this movie likes to make. Josh I, did an air quote so big it was basically a jo motion. Yeah, um, yeah. and that was kind of what I was going for. Um, yeah. oh, okay. We get wow. a shot of Tower Bridge, it and it off. says Tower. Well, it, it, it Tower Bridge, and then like the Tower, the Tower of it. London, yeah. and then it says mm-hmm. Tower of London: colon London. And I just about threw my entire TV out the window. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that was a joke, but all right. it is absolutely a joke. How it's is it not a joke? joke? I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be trying to be a joke if that's yeah, what yeah, they're sure. putting on the sign. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I guess because I guess it didn't so. say tower of London, London, like it was tower of London. And then there was a pause and then added London to the thing. Horrid. Horrid. Um, sure. Horrid. Not, not great. No, so not they, great. Yeah, they go to the Tower of London. They, they steal the crown. It doesn't fucking matter. The, Long and, and John, wait, we sequence. haven't mentioned John Hamm in this movie. Remember John Hamm? Who <laughs> yeah. plays Scarlet Overkill's uh, not British, British boyfriend husband? who doesn't have a, a British accent. And, and he's yeah. doing he's doing a weird thing. I mean, I he's, will give him this. I, he doesn't sound like John Hamm in this movie. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's I mean, doing something kinda, a little he different. He sounds like John Hamm being goofy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's like, it's like he's trying to do like a like a like a hippie thing like it feels like more like a hippie voice but the character is modeled to look like a beetle like right. yeah. he's the most aggressively yeah, he's like British man you've like ever seen mod or something like it, yeah it, yeah he, he looks actually more like a member of pulp than a member of the Beatles it yeah. should be noted that I what I think is a very sly and interesting joke in this is that Scarlet Overkill views the Queen of England as aspirational like in terms of being a despicable you're reading too much into this come on 
No, she no, because well, and all the minions are also attracted to the crown. Like they are attracted to yeah, Queen Elizabeth. They're they're attracted to it in a crime way, which is not the normal way, according to the world of this cartoon. The queen is the rightful holder of the crown, and pretending to a crown is is villainy. Right. Right. It, it's she's mm. Duncan and ah. and Scarlet. Is Macbeth. That's right. And John Hamm was from his mother's womb untimely ripped. There's yes. a there's a funnier, better version of this movie that actually makes it about the crown in some meaningful way, but that's not that's not this right. fucking movie. Right. No, Again, that's, that's it's called like, Netflix is the crown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. <laughs> that was like pro royalist, but I guess even like diseased British columnists are like, this is so mean to the crown now. And I'm like, it's, come which is on. An, which is an insane <laughs> thing to say. It's sucking it's, them off. It's insane. You watch that thing and it's the most like, oh God, we're like a ship. We're like an old <laughs> British ship that must guide the nation to prosperity Rule and I'm Britannia, like what the fuck things is happening of that nature. well yeah. AJ Awful. I can tell you what ha- what's happening AJ Britannia rules the waves so, so the true. minions end up more fighting, more fighting like six beef eaters one of whom is completely blind and they get a hold of the crown yep mm-hmm. And then they become the king of England. Bob has a speech where he's like, King Bob. And they're like, eh. and it's supposed to be funny. And it's not. Yeah. I, have, I have a, I have a fun story about that though. Okay. Uh, so there's some, this there's better some, be fun. Uh, well, not for the people involved. You have 10 so, seconds. So King, <laughs> so King Bob does that mic drop at the end, you know, Ugh, uh, where, yeah. he, where he blobs up. Um, so in uh, 2016, Google decided for their April Fool's Day joke to include a send button that would send all emails with a GIF of Bob doing that. Uh, and a lot what? of people accidentally sent those and got fired. Uh, why would, the why would they do that? I have That's no so idea. That's so diseased. It's so diseased. But yeah, no, so I minions. I Google usually just stuck to like doing a funny encoding thing on YouTube during April or like, Fool's Day. Or that like you put a little game up. on the homepage. Yeah. 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 So uh, they had to like rescind, like send a po- issue apologies. Yeah. And never, shit. never push Jesus anything Christ. to prod that actually could impede the workflow of re- real regular users. Who the fuck is this? Elon Musk? Dear yeah. Lord. Uh, uh. Oh, oh, he came. He did the topical joke today. I'm coming. So (laughs) after they get the crown, they get thrown in the dungeon, right? Yeah. There's something very interesting about when you get actually like really good voice actors uh, Uh in this movie, because Jim Cummings voices one of the British guards in it. It's it's the point where they all do hair for some reason, uh, where he uses the (sighs) hypnosis hat. To make right. all of them yeah. just do a song from hair. But it's so telling that you can tell like when a veteran voice actor is actually playing a role in this thing because the animation comes alive in such a beautiful yeah. way that can only happen with like really people yeah. who really know what they're yeah. doing in this shit. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, most of the time it's just, it's just Sandra Bullock throwing minions into a dungeon yeah. and yeah. how will they get out? I don't know. I we'll mean, find how out will they get after out? the break, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Whose minions break. are they? <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Austrian physicist, Dr. Christian Doppler. Now, the last time Dr. Doppler took out ad space on this podcast, he just sort of whizzed by us without advertising anything at all. But not to worry, listeners. This time, I've come up with a foolproof plan. See, I've heard that Dr. Doppler is something of an antiquary. (laughs) That's someone who likes antiques. So I've set up my priceless collection of porcelain dolls on this table here in an eye-catching display that is sure to make him stop in his tracks. Yes, no matter how much of a hurry he's in, he will surely stop to admire my exquisitely crafted and ridiculously expensive expensive set of porcelain dolls. Sure, the table that I've had to set it up on is a little wobbly. (laughs) 
They sure don't make them like they used to. I'm something of an antiquary myself. But none of that will matter once Dr. Doppler lays his peepers on the collection of porcelain dolls I had to take out three extremely risky loans to afford. What's that sound? I think I hear him now! Yes, yes, here he comes! Yes! Oh. Oh, I guess... I guess he didn't like them. Guess what? What? We what? have more minions to talk about, don't we? Yeah, we uh, do. What's a minion? So, the minions get tortured a lot, and they're super into it. This movie is horny. Can we talk this for is, a minute, like, how no. horny this movie is? It's pretty horny. No, you're horny. Uh, no, this is, the, this is the joke from Muppet Treasure Island, when they put Gonzo on the rack. It's the same thing. It's not horny yeah. at all. Are you telling me that Gonzo the Great isn't horny? I'm yeah, telling Gonzo you that this is the creators of Gonzo the ABC is- sitcom The Muppets, because... They they knew that he was having his way with Gonzo those is the horniest Muppet. Um, yes. That's why that's why it's so funny that he has his girlfriend who's a chicken because he's he is quite literally con- yeah, he, keeping fucking that chicken. That's yeah. funny. That's just funny. Do you really think that Pierre Coffin has sex? <laughs> yes. I, yeah. All my, the time. My understanding Never. is that all French people are fucking constantly. Yes, <laughs> that is the understanding. Not Pierre Coffin. Oh, okay. It's also he why I. Not. It's also why I think that. For all the accusations that I was reading a little bit too much into the hating of Queen Elizabeth, I think this is a French-made movie. Yes, and who would hate uh-huh. the Brits as much as the as much as the French? I think it's yeah, a valid interpretation. Yeah, but they depicted Napoleon as as history's greatest monster. Come on. No, they just depicted him. He's well, the history's he greatest the monster. villain of the 19th century. There's a lot of French people who do yeah. think that Napoleon was a bad dude. That that's yeah. really that's neither here that's nor not there. True. That's not true. They, they want to do equal opportunity. opportunity. Every single one of them. Napoleon. That's all they have. Back to these horny minions. So if you Google, if you look, here's all I'll say is that there Uh are a lot of people out there who also like ascribe a lot of sexuality to these minions. Yes, people imprint sexually on everything. That happened. It's called Rule Thirty Four. I wanted your agent said, complete I his thought it was coming I from do nowhere. Not. <laughs> I do I not. Thought, I thought it was coming I from nowhere. You both. <laughs> I thought it was coming from nowhere, and then I watched the movie. And I'm like, oh, they do some like very adult jokes in this. Well, the dungeon ex- in particular is interesting, yes. right? Because yeah, they get thrown into this dungeon for uh, stealing the crown and not giving it back to fucking. Well, they do give it back, but Scarlet's like, you got to go to the dungeon anyway. Yeah. And then John Hamm shows up and is definitely pretty horny to do some like torture things to them. I do oh, think yeah. that's He's true. Super, super horny. And he keeps yeah. moving on to other machines. Yep. Uh, and then they just end up having like a really fun take because the minions can't be tortured. Right. Uh, there's a harrowing scene where they try and hang the minions, but they just fall out of the noose uh, and, and these, because they I don't have say, necks. That, that's actually a gag. That is a, a real. That that's a, like a. That, that's uh-huh. a that, but that's a dark dark gag yeah, for a kids no, it's yeah. bleak it's so bleak and this was 2015 <laughs> i wonder if that one was written by the dutchman that man was not <laughs> it happy. might have been it might have been <laughs> that man was not well that was one of the saddest men i've ever met and i've but- met me <laughs> <laughs> all of those torture implements are so fucking realistic like they're yeah. rendered in photo realistic detail for some reason yeah, yeah it's well weird. i think there are certain things that you can just get in cheap packages now and one is like really incredible lighting rigs mm. in in computer animation so you'll see like this really shitty like floaty jagged animation but like the bloom is really nice you know i was so impressed with the lighting in this scene yeah, yeah. I, I brian i know that you said that it, it doesn't match a real polaroid at all in terms of like light reflection no no no, but- no, no, no. 
it's not. It's the, it's the fucking. They're basing it it's off of process, a much later right? model. Mm. Right. I suppose it should be like this is the beginning of the seventies. It's actually like, nineteen sixty-eight. But oh um, right, no, Minions Two is the seventies. No, this is nineteen sixty-eight. You don't have uh, the SX seventy yet. You do not have the Polaroid that is fully automatic. You have a Polaroid where you. Pull the film out and then you peel it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Brian's Camera Corner with me and you, and also Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, Holy shit! shit. <laughs> Josh Borman, the Lin Manuel Miranda of the worst of all possible. No more saying this. Just wait until you hear about my plans to uh, privatize the coffee plantations in Puerto Rico. <laughs> well, there goes getting Lin on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, that was not going to happen. That was never going to happen anyway. What would we talk about? So, Lynn, your dad, you think he's real cool, huh? Yep. I think he's great. Okay. Wow. What else do you like? I like Tim Kane. I'm Tim Kane in the membrane. Don't do this. Okay. Don't do this. Cut George all this. Jodie Hammerstein. Okay, we can agree on we can't some do of those. This. What's your favorite Rogers and Hammerstein? I really like Pipe Dream. Oh, no. Lynn, come on. <laughs> that? that wasn't come even on. close. <laughs> That was How would Lynn say pipe dream? Right. How does anyone say no one has ever said the words before? Uh, That's why pipe, the musical wasn't successful. Do we want to retain this pipe dream content in the uh, in the edit? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that musical is a fucking disgrace because oh you take yeah. a story by John Steinbeck uh-huh. and you have it adapted by Libs. Like what's going to happen? The same thing that happens when they adapt a communist play like Carousel. It's just going to become lib. Right, I've got one for you. Are the minions lib? Are the lin- are the minions lib to you? The minions. Yeah, what the are minions, the minions? The minions mm-hmm. are the they mm-hmm. look. <laughs> when you if there's a okay, so when a mi- when a minion decides yes. they don't know, they don't vote. They don't vote. They they are not participants in uh, in democracy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that would, that would make sense. They want to serve. They don't autocrats. use. They don't use social media. The okay. irony of it, you know, they yeah. just live in a hole. That's their job. Right. They live in a hole. The thing is, Gru should have made them. That's what actually makes sense. Is like yeah. Gru invented As them his in minions. his lab. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, right. because he's nobody. He's or like Doctor Nefario, maybe. And then, right. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think that yeah. would be interesting. If you want to remember the name of another character from. The series. Yeah. That's one that you can do. Let's get out of the dungeon. The minions do that. Well, you let's know how... get out of the coffin. Okay. If you will. Mm. Okay. Um, you know how the you yeah. know how the minions get out of a dungeon? Uh how do they get out Very of a dungeon? Very carefully. Well, they find their way out of a vent and they crawl through sewers, as you might do in an immersive sim such as Thief or Thief 2. Yeah. The thing I, I always associate with with Great Britain is its yeah. ventilation. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It was like it was a, a a trip this summer to realize that they don't actually have air conditioning in their theaters. Yeah, yeah, like yeah none yeah. of them. Well, you know, it's a goddamn nightmare is trying to take like the Northern Line or one of those mm. like ones mm-hmm. with the with the uh, the lower ceilings during the summertime because they can't fit air conditioning down there because of how yeah. small the tunnels are. They can't are. put the units on the on the trains. I was oh just watching a God. YouTube video Jesus. about that. It, I didn't it's, know that. It's death. It's like, absolute death. Our subways death. are pretty fucking bad when it gets but, hot. But, but at least you well, have the car on the train. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. get that in those, in, like on the northern line. Um, Not uh, always on the one train. Sometimes there's no air conditioning. But uh, can we blame that on Robert Moses, Josh? Yeah, Is that... sure. Why not? Okay, Why not? Cool. Let's blame everything. Let's blame yeah. this movie Suck on Robert dick, Moses. Bob. Yeah, fuck him. What do you What um, do you think about Robert Moses, Lynn? Oh, I think. 
think he's great. No, we he's can't. Uncle of power, just like my dad. I'm quitting this podcast. So uh, I like the power broker, but next time I'm putting women in the sequel. <laughs> God damn, that's funny. <laughs> there's a there's a joke that happens here that uh-huh. Josh got so angry about. Uh, he messaged the Slack immediately after it happened. Yeah, because it's um, fucking stupid. And they're going through the sewers. They're trying to find their way back to wherever they're trying to find their way back to. And they try to go up and they like hit a manhole and they try to open up this manhole and go up uh-huh. and look through it. But then, oh, no, the manhole gets pushed back down by guys walking across the street because it's Abbey Road. Get it? It's a oh, visual reference oh, to Abbey wow. Road. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is one of is one of are they wearing jeans, but one guy's wearing white and maybe one of them is uh, barefoot as a signal to tell us that Paul McCartney is actually dead. Yeah. When mm-hmm. they step on something, the something wow. of that nature. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That joke. Uh, kids are. Oh, man. Kids are going to love it. Oh, love man. It. That's something for the adults. Oh, man. But like, again, it's like th- this is the thing that this movie does here and there and everywhere. And I think this mm-hmm. is again, I don't know why this specific thing made me so mad. It's just that it's like emblematic of the approach that this movie and movies like it take toward quote unquote joke making, which is rather than actually create any sort of a thing that is grounded in the world or the characters or anything, you just make a visual gag and you're like, hey, remember that? Remember that yeah. thing? Remember that visual image? This is us doing that image again. Isn't it? No, laugh, laugh, motherfucker, laugh. Like the this stuff, it, it goes even harder in the next Minions movie, which is all set during the 70s. Mm, it's right. just like a bunch of references to the fucking 70s. Right. Like yeah. to the Abbey Road cover. I also remember the Parent Trap remake. I was not aware of the Abbey Road cover at that point in my life, I guess, when I saw that movie. And there's a part where Natasha Richardson and uh, Lindsay Lohan are crossing the street and it freeze frames them for a second mm. and then it keeps going. I always thought right. that something was going wrong with the movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> like no one told me, no one asked for for my consent on that. Well, like they, is... they left me confused and scared. <laughs> They've done harm to you. Yeah. You should sue them. <laughs> they need to apologize. We need to it hold them weird accountable. Lindsay Lohan was carrying a giant thing of chili at the time. I didn't quite put <laughs> two and two together. Do you think that the filmmakers in here actually trust their own narrative, their own work. Do they do they stand no, by what they've no, made here? Because they can't like they can't trust their gibberish. They can't trust their visual storytelling. They always have to throw in English dialogue. Mm-hmm. They always have to give minions intelligible words, even when the intent really should be clear. It, it shouldn't actually be that difficult. And then they even throw in narration because they're fucking cowards. I mean, because yeah. Pierre Coffin has no idea how to make something good, and he never has to make something good. It doesn't matter. He just has anymore. to make something profitable. And at this point, the money printing machine is automated. Everything is franchises. There's four franchises. Franchises, and this happens to be one of the four. Yep. It's actually very funny because most of the intent of the minions is clear even before. Because what they'll do is they'll be like, blah, 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 and then their like last little part will be the English word, like right, yeah. or like whatever, <laughs> or like Stuart, um, like at the very end. But it's like their intent is already clear in the gibberish. Like they don't yeah. need to actually put that thing on top of it. You get it. Like you, yeah. you get most of the things in this movie. And then the coronation happens. Scarlet Overkill is almost crowned. 
Queen of England for some reason because the minions changed the laws in Parliament. Yeah, there's something um, that's kind of on its way to being a good gag where they like they find the queen and she's just like in some working class bar, she's just like pub, shooting yeah. shooting the shit with like big lugs, and it's like yeah. she's like trying to drink them under the table. Well, yeah, she is. Yeah. She is yeah. doing so successfully, right? She is yeah. drinking from the largest mug, and it's like arm wrestling <laughs> several of the guys in there and beating them that, and just like being the baddest. And then that never it, happens. Again. It's like, almost. Yeah. It's almost funny. It's almost it's like, a joke. It's really close yeah. to it, and it's kind of impressive that it doesn't land. Right. Yeah. Because there isn't a third beat to it. Especially because she's still like dressed. She has the sash and everything. She just doesn't have the crown like, anymore. Like all of the pieces yeah. are there. It kind of reminded me of the gag, the queen gag from Naked Gun. Yeah. Which is doing that thing effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure what the difference is there, but there's there's just there's something that is inherently funny or can at least be inherently funny about the queen outside of Buckingham Palace Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. non-queen shit. So, like, the queen spectating at a baseball game is just funny, as long as, of course, it's a goofy baseball game where Leslie Nielsen is calling strikes when it should be balls <laughs> and vice versa. I think the queen should have been like exhilarated to have been liberated from her position. Exactly. I think that's the exactly. actual yeah. joke. Yeah. It's just like, I'm finally able to be myself. Right. Which is this beer swilling arm wrestling. But she kind of, she wants the crown back. Like right. she mm-hmm. wants to be queen again, which isn't funny really because then it's confusing why she's all of a sudden able to do these things. Right. That you think she'd be able to do as the queen. And if the like, queen, if the queen is a real freak, that's funny, but like yeah, they're yeah. not willing to make that choice either because yeah. this is this is an international franchise property and they can't go over the line of how you're allowed to talk about a, a mum. About, you can about feel mom. a lot of <laughs> you can't be yeah. mad about a mum. Yeah, you can't you feel you feel the studio notes very, very yeah. well, and explicitly you, like, in this You section. can't have anyone be bad either. The whole point is like the yeah. inversion of the super and I guess you're right, it is like the spy story, but that doesn't quite land the way that it should where it's supposed to be James Bond but like it's supposed to be about being bad in the world where those rules are clearly defined it doesn't actually necessarily mean you're some horrible monster or something like Adolf Hitler it just means like you get to be it's like Oscar the Grouch or the Grinch or right. anything else that starts with GR, right? They even went with Gru. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's just, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, it's fun to be kind of nasty. And But they yeah. can't be nasty. He yes. has to become a good dad. Or and, he has to yeah. become a loving husband who has actually turned against all the villains. Or the minions themselves have to restore the crown. Or like, you yeah. could even you could even play with that. You could play with the thing of like, yeah, yeah they have to be, they have to be uh, uh, mostly susceptible to larceny and things of that nature. There is no greater thief in the history of humanity humankind than the British crown. You, yeah. right. you could you could make it, but they're not going to they be can't like... Do, they can't do that. They, they can't, can't do that. have the they axe to, to it, As much as a Frenchman yeah. would no doubt love to do that, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. A Frenchman. I don't know about Pierre Coffin. Well, I don't know but, about him either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, actually the thing. He's been dead for years. That's why... Let me tell you they, about who I love. <laughs> I love Pierre Coffin. Rhyme it. Rhyme it right now. I don't know how to rhyme. I'm not a writer like you. <laughs> or Lin-Manuel Miranda, for that matter. Give me a rhyme. So the Underminer is here. Yeah. 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 All of a yeah. sudden there's villains, because I guess she invited the villains to her wedding. That wasn't super clear. <laughs> Including but then there's the just Underminer like, from Pixar's The Incredibles. Yeah. How, yeah. how does he even show up? What's the name of the mime who does explosives? They also have him. Yeah. But he's a clown this time instead of a mime. Yeah. yeah. Because Pierre Coffin 
does not want to play into stereotypes about the French. And, and that's that's important. Um, yeah. Too much racism has been done, done against the French for too long, you know? Yeah. And so uh, they're basically on the run. Scarlet Overkill kidnaps both Stuart and Bob. And then Kevin has to kind of save the day. He gets enlarged. Yeah, he gets very big. He gets to be a very big minion. He's much uh, like Leon insofar as he's getting larger. <laughs> yeah. The, the people Thank of you, London... Brian. The people of London seem very unbothered by the fact that there's a minion kaiju just like yeah. wandering through town. A- and the thing is, Kevin can make a hat or a brooch or a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, there's yep. a whole there's a whole rocket that takes off. That's also Scarlet O Danger's dress or whatever her fucking name is. Scarlet O Danger. Scarlet O Danger. Right then. Scarlet O Fever. Scarlet O Danger. Funnier. I don't even fucking remember her name anymore. But Scarlet O Danger. Scarlet Overkill. It should have been Scarlet O Danger. Yeah. yeah. Scarlet O Danger yeah. is much funnier. Yeah. Rover Dangerfield <laughs> has her rocket dress. Right. And then Kevin like saves the city from being exploded, and they recreate the <laughs> they Challenger don't. explosion. They absolutely, one hundred percent do. They simply don't. What do yes, you they mean do. they don't? Yes, they, they simply do. don't. No, they don't. Okay, okay. That's the way Everyone, the rocket watch the end of Minions. Yes. Look at a picture <laughs> of the explosion of the Challenger launcher. No, no. Like that. I refuse is to believe that was an intentional choice. Fucking. I, how is it not intentional? I refuse it's the to believe it's not thing. an intentional choice. No, it is the same thing. It's 1968. First of all, so why would they be making the a movie Challenger wasn't reference? Made in 1968. Yeah, but the movie why was would made they? But three what, days to ago. what end? To what end would they intentionally put the Challenger thing in there? No, I because I but you think they're that would get frogs. past you think that would get past the fucking the, the, uh, notes that were no given that they, they can't no I one actually sh- cares about the challenger explosion i care look, it's look. traumatic for me no but look because i like not, it's space just not, it's just space. not the challenger it's explosion the challenger it explosion totally that's is, just what this when is, rock, you are doing you are you are a suppressive person this is thought termination that's right you are tearing down our organization I'm going to this is an anti-solidarity you are doing a no growth i'm going to call tom cruise in here to denounce you thank you glad we did this it's not it's just not the challenger it is the challenger explosion it has little like dangly bits coming out of the explosion cloud Explode. That's what happens. Leave it's not what happens. Listeners. It's what happens when when rockets explode when they're carrying the space shuttle up in 1986. I have a prompt for you, listeners. Um, leave a comment right down below and in, in, on Patreon. Leave a comment if you're in our Patreon right down below, letting us know if you think it was the Challenger explosion. I want yeah, to be clear. Seeing the two pictures side to side, what I will say is that it does look similar. Yeah. It's not the same. It is not the same because they are drawing no inspiration. No, there is no way that it's intentional. There's yeah. no way that's intentional. Show this me is another explosion. Into it. Show no. me any other explosion that looks like the Minions explosion. And <laughs> I will maybe, maybe allow you back into my home someday. Here's you the know, thing, you AJ. know what? Here's the thing. Here's no, the thing. Here's the Go, thing. Good, yeah. good yeah. band. Both, of you, both of you have the thing. The thing is that facts don't care about your feelings. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. And the fact is that the Minions. You have no facts. In, you have no facts. And the fact is that the Minions did the Challenger explosion. So the O-rings made... Uh, on the Challenger rockets, the ones nope. that called into question because it was an unusually cold day, the day that they launched, those nope. were made by the polygamist cult in southern Utah and northern Arizona. Mm, that's the true. FLDS, Warren Jeffs, they make 
they make the O-rings oh, for NASA. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Not even joking. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, so Kevin so Kevin sacrifices himself for all of the minions. Yeah. Uh, for all of the FLDS. Oh, yeah, and the other minions have shown up now. It, it's, yeah. like, it's like Bernard and Bianca and the Rescuers Down Under. They don't actually do anything. Right. But that movie's still enjoyable either way. Also, you know what else it is? Again, just to the point of how, like, this movie rips off so many things from so many other better animated movies. It's also sure. the end of the Iron Giant. It's exactly that, except they don't have the courage to kill him. Neither did the Iron Giant. Iron Giant, like, there's, there, it, it's a little bit ambiguous, but, like... No, it's not. He's gonna get back together. Really. No, he's oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, come right. on. He's, like, Broadway in that he's regard. But, it, but yeah. it, uh, at least Iron Giant <laughs> lets you sit in that for a very long sure. time. Yes. And, and yes. ends sure. the movie... And then it has that like a, as a post no, like yeah, extra this, thing. This movie is weird where it decides that it wants to be sad for a second yeah, and like, then it's like yeah. making a riff maybe on it a second later. seconds or so. Yeah. Like, it's really short amount of time. I think they could have stewed in it a little longer. Yeah. So the Challenger explosion has happened yes. and no one has died in this one. Much like the real Challenger explosion, they all died when they hit the water. Well, didn't wait? Didn't fucking uh, what's her name die? No, she's not dead. Oh, she's Doesn't not she dead. Fall to the ground. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sc- Scarlet overkill. Yeah, because then she gets freeze raid. That's right. That's right. Because they get freeze raid. Because nothing matters. Nothing ever nothing matters. matters. Nothing. There There's is no, no weight. Stakes. There is no impact. No. There are no physics in this no. world. No. Yeah. All the minions get like thanked by the Queen of England. They all uh, the three main minions get like gifts. Stuart gets an electric ukulele. That's just a guitar, and then he shreds on it for a while, and and that's a um, joke. They make and, and a then he joke the about guitar, and like, then he gets a snow globe. Yeah, he gets a snow globe, and they're like, ha ha ha, that's a bad gift. I'm like, the minions are simpletons. They would love the snow globe. Why yeah. would they have a problem Bob getting the snow, the snow globe? globe? Right. It's 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 imbecilic. Nothing ever means anything. It's like when they run into the family when they're hitchhiking. They're like, oh wow, it's a family with kids. Maybe I don't want to go hit uh, in their car. And it's like, yes, you would. Yes, you would. Yeah. You're minions. The minions love kids. I mean, yeah. Bob has what a whole full conversation with a toddler. They can't uh, keep anything consistent whatsoever. And, and it's not even over yet. No, no it's, it's not. That's what off the most. They won't let me die. Oh, God. Scarlet Overkill and John Hamm's character uh, steal the crown again, but they're freeze raid because, oops, surprise, Gru's here. Right. Uh, remember him? Remember Despicable that guy? Yeah, except they've just pitched up Steve Carell's voice, so he's like... Like a child in yep. this yeah, version. Yeah, like, like Fred, like the Fred YouTube guy. And yep. so and that's it. Like the minions are like, wow, he sure is a guy. And then that, they're that's like, yeah. new, and boss, then Gru, new boss, Gru, new boss. who is established in the first movie is not being that important, actually does steal the crown jewels. Yeah, and he's like a god king. And then at the end, we get the fucking narrator from the top of the movie who we've forgotten about. For the He's been he's been there, like just not in here at all for the past like 80 or so minutes. And yeah. all of a sudden, no, he's back. He's he's pulling it together for us. Like, what the fuck, it was, dude? It's actually, this is a reference to network. It's it's just that Pierre Coffin is a big fan of network. (laughs) Yes, correct. (laughs) Yeah. What what is Minions but the network of children's entertainment? This movie sucks ass. Uh, I fucking hated it, and like that that goes without saying. Right? I think it's good. Good. I don't think either any of us were expect. Yeah, I I know AJ. Um, (sighs) but what I'm wondering about this more broadly is like to me minions is a great example of the current state of children's entertainment. Right? It is. It is. Mm. Uh. Always tied into a broader marketing push, which will generally have, you know, all form of multimedia tie in. We're talking, yeah. you know, singles. We're talking um, merch. We're talking everything else. The constant the- flow of content that is yes. just going yes. out no matter what it's about. 
There is no like linguistic quality to it to make it as international as possible. Right. Ask any parent about Coco Melon. They will know exactly what you're talking about yep. there because those sure. fucking videos are incoherent. And yet they have this massive multi-million dollar Netflix contract to keep putting out just complete and total nonsense all day long for your children. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh I watched this on Peacock, and if you pause the movie on Peacock, it has a little screen that appears with the minions that says, don't pause too long or we'll take over your screen. What the which fuck? Which is terrifying. That's horrible. But what also, the fuck? all the ads that play with on Peacock when you watch this are for this show called Caillou, and this bald little fuck. Oh, I fucking oh, Caillou's hate Caillou. has been on for a long time. Parents kid. hate Caillou. Caillou is yeah, the... Yeah, Caillou so. is... I mean, like, I would say, in terms of, like war crimes that Canada needs to be held accountable for, Caillou is probably number one. Oh, is he yeah. Quebecois? Uh, I don't know if he's Quebecois or if he's fucking whatever else, but he's definitely Canadian. He's got some horrible frog name, but like, parents hate Caillou so much. I thought he was Belgian or something, because you know, yeah. they love doing crimes. And... <laughs> <laughs> like he, the, the thing is, like he makes Ass. kids worse. That's the thing I always hear is that Caillou makes children like yep. whinier and yeah. more unpleasant. Yeah, because he's yes. a whiny because little bitch. Because he is bitch. a bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. and these minions are, are poorly behaved. These, these, I mean, like kids yeah. can watch cartoons, like fucking whatever. Like, but like, right. This, this doesn't even hold a candle to a Warner Brothers cartoon. Just turn those on for your kids. So, so what's interesting to me about the minions is that it's a complete ripoff of an entirely different French property called the Rabbids. Uh, which was originally started off as a spin-off of Rayman. Rayman, right. yeah. The uh, Rabbids were invented for the Wii because the Wii was like, let's make a bunch of mini games for every franchise. And so the first right. Rayman game to come out in that generation was Rayman Raving Rabbids. Yeah, where there's just like these psychotic little gremlin Oh yeah, Rab- they're horrible. Rabbits. They're 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 like they're actually bad dudes who cause trouble. I yeah. have I have heard that the uh there, there's like the Rabbids Kingdom battle or well, whatever where they the fight thing. the Mario guys and it's, it's like, like an the Rabbids, yeah. the Rabbids are good actually. The yeah, Kingdom now, battle games yeah. are are very very well done games. They're very fun and they know how to utilize the Rabbids like they don't overstay their welcome. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. but the, what the minions do is the design I think is friendlier than the Rabbids because the Rabbids there's something kind of creepy about them which is by yeah, design yeah. that's very yeah. much intentional yeah yeah they the, the rabbits have like five o'clock shadow around their mouths mostly and they kind of just look like dangerous little creepy things mm-hmm. the minions are bright pastel colors it's mm-hmm. yellow and blues coming at yeah. you overalls very non-threatening clothing just like very visually you look at those and you're you're like oh yeah i could see why kids would like fucking lose their mind at these the things. french of all stripes have a, a long and complicated history with animation right sometimes you get sure. stuff like ernest and celestine or the illusionist yes. or triplets of belleville yeah. sometimes you get the donkey kong tv show <laughs> that was french <laughs> that was yeah. french uh, i i would just like <laughs> so to Okay. Take a moment to sing. <clears throat> yeah. I'll shower you with coconut cream pies. <laughs> yeah, that's my Our jam. love is stronger than a golden banana. Yes. <laughs> that's my fucking jam. Really a great episode for Josh singing, I think. This thanks. Is, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. This is some so new heights. I, I just had to find it. I, I like The thing is, like evangelicals love the minions. As we found, yep. the minions are servants of the Lord. They are his creation. They are beautifully and wonderfully made. It's, uh yeah, them and also Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't forget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so many drawings of both Sonic and the minions being crucified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
all over the internet. And, and it's those are mostly ironic, but occasionally not, which is always I need interesting. An evangelical yeah. remembrance of 9/11 with the minions. I know it's mm. out there. So any anyone, please send that to me. So this, I found a mommy blog, mm. a lady named Angie Tolpin, leaving a legacy, mm. and uh, it starts here. Why we don't recommend the the minions movie? A Christian perspective. Oh my God. Okay. Mm. Disclaimer. Movies land in one of those, quote, disputable issues, end quote, categories. I don't know what this means. My intention in writing this post is not to create controversy, nor is it to condemn anyone for taking their children to this movie. Simply put, kind of seems like that's the I have felt a burden on my heart to write this post since we took our son to watch it. I'm going to get like more Southern as I read down into this. A burden on your heart. The Lord put this on my heart. Um, (laughs) Chicken. I posted a few pictures of us going to see the movie on social media in mm. celebration of his birthday and immediately in celebration upon, of whose birthday? Jesus's? Um her child. Oh. Yeah, she just starts with his. But um, oh, I thought it was for Christmas. Okay. And immediately upon leaving the theater, I was compelled to delete those posts on Facebook oh. because I don't want to condone going to watch it or oh. giving them free publicity. Whoa. Wow. I have received a few messages asking what we thought of the movie and feel the need to explain our position. I hope that our brothers and sisters in Christ can have uh, an open dialogue challenging one another as iron sharpens iron on many topics without judging or condemning one another. Wait, iron is going to sharpen iron about the minions? Like this is this is a dialectic yeah. that we have to engage in? Yeah. Okay. Parent foul. We made a parent foul. Oh. Well, oh, no. You hate to see it. In our opinion, it was a parenting foul. Our family has a special birthday tradition where mom and dad take the birthday kid on a special date. That's called celebrating your kid's birthday. Yeah, it's what? not like a. No, my family does this weird little thing. Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, one of our children turned seven. He loves movies mm. and wanted to watch the new Minion movie that was released the day after his birthday. That's where my parenting foul came in. I didn't do my research. Well, in so fact, this is yeah. interesting. The point yeah. about research is if she had done her research on the standard sort of evangelical channels, she could have gone to plugged in. Well, but if she had gone to plugged in, they, there wouldn't have been anything particularly objectionable here. Like nope. the plugged in review concludes by saying the minions are the kind of adorable dweebs who belly laugh over a good banana peel, pratfall, snicker over someone being thwacked in the backside and pucker up for a childlike goodnight kiss before night night. The only problem with this film's kid focused formula is that it sometimes features a few more bare yellow backsides goofy sensual wink winks and try that on your brother head boinks then mom and dad might be completely comfortable with but that's a very mild critique yeah and plugged yeah. in that's focused on the family like if they find anything even remotely objectionable they'll fucking go hard yeah yeah i, yeah, I should establish like this woman is a freak she yes. is unusual again people who love the lord tend to love the minions uh as right. do we all yeah as do uh, we all and also with you so say we all in fact, we allowed little buddy to get so excited. About, I love the way that like internet mommy bloggers have like special names for all of their kids and shit. It's so deranged because everyone has to build a brand. Right. Um, we allowed little buddy to get so excited about his minion movie that we even let his brothers and sisters pick out some birthday gifts with the minion theme. Mm. And his older sister made him a minion birthday cake. The whole theme of his birthday gifts was minion. In my defense, we were packing to move our family of eight. I was trying to plan next year's curriculum for school. Mm. My first online Bible study had just launched. Wait, so she homeschools too? 
She homeschools. She writes curricula. Let's fucking go. And she even writes like minist- like a Sunday school curricula for like women's study groups. Oh, and stuff. you yeah. know she's showing up at those fucking school board meetings to talk oh, about how boy, the transes baby. are menacing oh, her children. Oh boy, you know it. Yeah, oh. all her children who are not enrolled. Yes. Um, my husband was working crazy hours like usual. Life of an entrepreneur who is running fast growing startup. That fucking guy wants to be on Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> He's just lost a lot of money to crypto between the time yeah. that review was posted so, and now. Uh, why I cannot recommend the Minion movie. One, desensitization. As parents, we need to be careful of the culture's ability to desensitize us from discerning between good and evil, right and wrong, edifying and destructive. Five years ago, I made a similar mistake. I took my five-year-old daughter to see Princess and the Frog by Disney. You would think I would have learned my lesson, right? But this movie came recommended by friends I thought were like-minded, and I took her to see it without doing a ton of research. I had watched the trailer, Mm. but it had all the sweet, innocent clips in it. Not the ones that expose the stronghold of voodoo being of the course. main theme in the movie. Of course. Within the first five minutes, I quickly rushed my spiritually sensitive, pure, crying, <laughs> fearful five-year-old daughter out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the Princess and the Frog was a big mistake. Right. Her daughter was scared and crying, which I don't remember that movie being having any sort of scary elements. I don't know in if you're it, five. But, uh, it might Friends be on the much. other side is a little scary, but it's yeah, it's but like it's also like not fun. in the first five minutes. Yeah, no, it's not. It's like it's like a fun like Disney scary. Yeah, you know. So As she opposed to Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is a which bit is, more than <laughs> Hellfire! Hellfire! Um, which I loved as a kid. Uh, the only problem with Hunchback is those fucking gargoyles. Yeah, she quotes the Armor of God verse. She says, Our culture impresses us upon us the idea that kids need to be tough, grow up, be able to handle certain shows. Mm. Growing up too fast, remember that? I feel the pressure as a parent to allow some of my children to watch movies I never would allow, or at least until they were way older. You and I both know that we could sit and point out distinct agendas that are taught in certain movies, whether it be a feminist agenda, a you-create-your-own-destiny agenda, or simply trying to make evil look funny and cute. In the Minion movie, I see a spiritual battle. I see the enemy creatively disguising evil for cute and making it palatable for the next generation to not only accept, but like. Okay. I believe that from a biblical perspective, evil is never cute and we shouldn't laugh at it. Got it. Okay. So so uh, her, her arg here is that because Despicable Me is something that plays around in sort of a silly way with these villains, it sort of mm-hmm. blinds you to being able to see the true evil and sin that exist in this world. And it's basically like the first step stone onto the way of turning your children gay, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I shared with women that my children hadn't watched certain movies like Snow White or Princess and the Frog just because they were too scary, I felt judged. Listen, friends, I want my children to recognize that when something is scary... It's like a you problem. Not a- <laughs> or when they have a bad feeling, they follow that gut instinct and turn from it. This is spiritual discernment. And I personally believe that what we watch and listen to has the power to desensitize us from listening to that spirit within us that is there to warn us. This starts with modeling it for our children. I always wonder with people like this. This woman is like our age around that, right? Did she watch Snow White as a kid? Did she hmm. watch any like any of these movies when she was a kid? Like, why does she not have that perspective of like hmm. as a child who watched movies? What were the movies that traumatized her? That does not come up. Right. This is like the totally foreign realm of this newfangled thing known as the cinema. So then she goes to two, the theme, Mm. the definition of minion 
is someone who is not powerful or important and who obeys the order of a powerful leader or boss. Synonyms include, <laughs> just gets oh. the dictionary definition. Webster's dictionary defines. Follower, <laughs> servant, stooge, toady, and a hanger on. Minions are typically associated with evil villains in movies and books. The theme throughout this movie is the pursuit of following an evil boss. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say, we have watched and actually owned Despicable Me movie. Hell yes. I was very hesitant at first, wary of the message being portrayed, but we found it to be a great avenue for discussion about good and evil. Wait, then why the fuck was Minions over the line? What? And in the first movie, the so-called she villain the changes. Huge His heart changes and oh, he begins fighting for good. I Plus, see. those little yellow Minions were so stinking cute. There it is. There it yeah. is. I am not going to lie. I have had many belly laughs while watching those little yellow faces make their <laughs> silly noises. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That is actually very interesting, though, because yeah. it's not just the kids that are attracted to these minions. It's it's the it, parents. Yeah, it's primarily the parents. That, that's, I that's, think that's also and grandparents. That's <laughs> why I think like the gags in the movie that are so specifically targeted toward adults. Like, I suppose if you already find the minions in and of themselves to just be absolutely irresistibly cute uh, and, and just so right. much fun that putting them into these visual pictures of things you will also remember would it be in and of itself inherently fun because yeah. it's here's yeah. these little guys who you think are fun in an image that you remember. Isn't that even yeah. more fun? It's not. And, but like and to hearing them people is. what yeah. she describes is she's hearing people laugh as the minions keep killing their bosses, which like should turn around and be a good thing. And it's always an accident. The minions don't kill anyone on purpose. They make yeah, right. silly mistakes like being like, happy birthday, Dracula. Let's open the curtains. Right. And they're not like happy about killing their bosses. They're not like, She yeah. becomes horrified by hearing these this laughter mm. in the theater. She says, it's not funny. We didn't find the movie funny. Well, right. you and me both, sister. Um, <laughs> and she's now so upset that she spent any money on the minions right. whatsoever or allowed them to... to interfere in her home life at all. The, she has this picture of the birthday cake, this this very modest, like, uh, very well done, because it was made by one of her kids, a uh, minion birthday cake, but it's like, it's shared as like a cautionary tale mm. of making something like mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's something to that, right? Because it's like your kids are being just sucked up by brands, just right. like we were. That's not new. Yeah, it, it's so, like, this is the thing, too, that fascinates me about, I guess, the yeah, the conservative, reactionary, evangelical, oftentimes mind, yeah, is that I, I I do think that oftentimes there is an impulse there that mm -hmm. they are able to identify, right? That there's right. this feeling of something about this is off, something about this is wrong. I can even understand how yeah. for for her, Despicable Me, the original movie, which I haven't seen it, I'm not going to. Yeah. But it's my understanding that it does have a little bit more of a story to it. It's more of like an actual movie. Yeah, so, it's just sort of a, a guy takes yeah. in some kids and he learns how to be a good dad. Sure. Pretty typical kind of movie. It, it, it becomes yeah. a movie like 30 or 40 minutes in. It's yeah. it's really scattershot up until that point. But yeah. like, I, I think that the point there about like that there's an actual narrative there, that it is the standard, mm -hmm. like ultimately, you know, having a family is a good and important thing. That is doing something that is saying something that is in its way meaningful. Whereas right. the thing that struck me so much about Minions is that there is nothing of meaning here. It is completely yeah, no. empty and devoid yeah. of meaning. It is 100% a franchising exercise. It is a way right. to uh, kill time. And for whatever reason, I'm assuming she felt that impulse of what that thing yeah. is, couldn't describe it. And so went to the place of 
well, it's just it's just dark sided. Yeah, yeah. The devil's <laughs> made his demons. way in. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like, yeah, your child like has all these things that they're going to imprint on things yes. that they're fascinated by, things that they love, yeah. and it's all commercially owned shit that you don't have any control over. And could it right. and could easily just turn into something completely different than what you initially thought it to be. And what are you supposed to like? How, how does your child react to that? What does it mean? Like you have to tell your kid, oh, no, this is the bad movie. We're not going to go see that. And then they're going to scream and cry. Right. Yeah. Um, or you just take them to see the movie and then you talk to them about it afterwards. If yeah. you're really so fucking concerned, but, like she said, um, the first movie is such a good but, conversation. And, but, starter. but I'm sure that what this meant is like this kid. They saw this movie. The kid was having fun. They went home and mom was like, "Okay, we're going to take all of your minion stuff, all of your new birthday presents, your cake, your toys that you've had for years. And we have to give them a goodwill. Mm. Right. That this shit has to go away. We have to take it away from you. That's a very real thing. Because here's the thing. We grew up with shit entertainment, too. Right. Yeah. There are I mean, movies. We, we grew up in the wake of Reagan, like deregulating broadcasts and everything so that TV shows could just be commercials for plastic toys. Right. I'm nostalgic for a lot of things that I can rewatch and say this is probably bad, but it will yeah. always hold that sort of special place in my heart. Yeah. Kids are going to like what they like. And mm-hmm. it's really your job just to encourage that. And then if they stop liking it, just be like, OK, well, what's the new thing? Sure. You know, it's, that, that, but that's easy to say, but it's a lot harder. Harder to do because the nature of where the industry what if your kid is, likes Caillou. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also the nature of the well, industry I'm not with take where all my kids is right Caillou now. toys away. That's the <laughs> sacrifice you fucking make. Anyway, John. <laughs> well, no, because if you try to take the Caillou toys away, they're gonna whine like a motherfucker. Scream and cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to clarify. My partner just whispered, "I will. I will take away the Caillou toys." <laughs> um, no, but I think that. <laughs> There's something there too about like it's very easy to say, well, just find something different. Be like discern differently, oh. right? It's not that well, fucking easy because the companies I mean. that have the that that exert the ironclad control over what is made, what is disseminated, and what is put out, that is that is more or less absolute control. It is very mm-hmm. rare that you get a actual brand new property that rises up in the ranks unless it's able to be something easily franchisable and merchandisable like this stuff is and And this is why it's so interesting that like it's easy to weaponize into the into like new culture war stuff it's like well now um this brand is woke yes this brand is based yes this brand is godly this brand is grooming etc 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 because it's like it's been decayed by one installment one thing and the only thing that matters is that you find the proper loyalty to the proper brands yes for the rest of your life in the point of something like minions it's something that is so intentionally vague that it is Mm -hmm. essentially tabula rasa you can project onto it whatever the fuck you want but then also what are the properties that are are available to them as they grow older it's a lot of the same like it's just it's just kind of the same Shit! It becomes the nostalgia, and then, right? And then, then your child, have, like, yeah. Then your child becomes yeah. an, a Harry Potter oh, adult. God, wait until like, the fucking gritty Minions reboot we're going to be well, getting exactly. in twenty years. The thing is that there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be like a mini series called Gru, right? Which casts <laughs> you know some guy to like play like the middle years yeah. where he like has to murder. Yeah, it's it's, oh it's going to be like fifty year old Timothy Chalamet or something, and yeah. like <laughs> in a huge prosthetic nose, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be the worst thing you've ever oh seen. Oh my god. I'm just thinking about how funny it's going to be when once Timothy Chalamet becomes busted. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's the other thing is that our generation has already started doing this. Like, we're yeah. already yeah. seeing the gritty yeah. reboots of the stuff from our childhood. Yeah, and a lot of people I, thought Detective Pikachu was a good movie. Yeah, 
I think it's pretty good. Oh um, my god. God damn it. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a fun adventure. I don't know. It's fun. Um, you have not turned fancy yet. We're still working on it. Yeah, no, um, no. I don't think look, I I, I I think if you're introducing kids to like a murder mystery, I think it's I think it's fun. I think knives it's a out. fun time. Knives out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's have the like, kids sit down and watch Ryan Johnson's look, Knives kids, Out. Stephen Sondheim and Anthony Perkins wrote this movie in 1972, and it was a scathing satire of Hollywood culture. <laughs> No, my kids would know who Anthony Perkins was that's already. True. That's true. Um, just like how I knew who Roddy McDowell was when I was like two. I want to just put the stray final points that she yeah, puts. She's please. like, there are other objectionable things. <laughs> what else, Brian? Special thanks to commenters for your additional thoughts on this. I oh, had so to add them added in here. To it. So there oh. were specifics for parents to evaluate on. Thank you for sharing all your thoughts. We are a team here. <laughs> the beginning pushes an evolution agenda. That always frustrates oh, me. Oh, yeah, right, oh, yeah. right, right, right. There is adult humor inappropriate for young children, including minions mooning the viewers. True. Yeah. There are male minions dressing up as women, which we are seeing in many shows these days in which we all know what agenda is being the, pushed here. You, it's the fucking trans agenda. It's the, <laughs> it's the homosexual agenda. They portray the queen in bad character. <laughs> oh, there it is. I knew she was a monarchist. I fucking knew it. <laughs> and in print, she doesn't even do parentheses. She does the fancy brackets. She does the like musical brackets. Mm. Uh, like when you take the square brackets and right. press shift yeah, and yeah, use yeah, those. Yeah, I know those are the ones about. that she's using for parentheses. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like so it's, in, it's, in addition she's to marking queen, up CSS in this. Yeah. One. Yes. So this is the queen's <laughs> bad character is with a beer, as one mm. commenter pointed out. Oh, sure. Queen the never villain, drank, notoriously. Yeah, yeah, no, the queen, not a drinker. She's a Christian. <laughs> yeah. um, the mega villain Scarlet Overkill is a seductress as well as being pure evil. Mm -hmm. Not really. No. <laughs> not like, not at all. She's married. And uh, the last point is there are no consequences for stealing played out by the movie mm. by any authorities. What does this teach children? To recap, the entire theme of the movie is the pursuit of evil. And finding an evil boss to follow. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. So, <laughs> so I just want to I want to talk about what what it means going forward from here because we already sort of mm. alluded to like there's going to be the gritty reboot of Gru yep. at mm -hmm. some point in the future. But when the movie Minions came out, a lot of Zoomers went to go see it in full suits like all the boys turned out that weekend to go see minions yeah. like it was a huge thing on tiktok and i know that a lot of people may have been doing it ironically but the thing about liking something ironically is that over time it can transform into something very much something very much else well also i mean i i i know both of you have heard me say this many times you can't spend money ironically like, yeah, sure. It, once, once you do, it's out of your pocket and it's into the pocket of the company that created the thing. Like right. everyone who is doing their little like parody account, eight dollar things on Twitter right. last week. The only question like, is, was it worth the joke or not? In some cases it was. Yeah. I mean, in some <laughs> cases we, we, we had stocks just plummet into the, into yeah. the goddamn earth. But I uh, would not personally ever spend money and give it to someone that I hate. Right. In order to spite them. Right. Because they still have my money then. Yes. Like it so, doesn't matter if that's not enough money for them. It is money of mine that I have gotten rid of. Yeah. And so I just I think that this is sort of like it's going to be like kind of like a Shrek thing. Yeah. Shrek was like a meme. Like Shrek right. has become this like bizarre yes. fucking thing that has its own subculture attached to it because of like 4chan. Right. And Despicable and, Me is kind uh, of the same way. And then later because of Twitter. And yeah. And Despicable Me 
has like the normie subculture stuff, the weird Facebook memes that are shared by grandmothers all over the globe. So then you had like, yeah, minions where young teenagers are wearing suits to right. go see this completely shitty movie. Well, I think I think what this whole thing comes down to is that going back to the thing of like the things that imprint on you early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think in our generation, Shrek was that movie, whether at the time you liked it, you didn't like it, you thought it was sort of OK. It was something that you couldn't escape in no small yeah. part due to how well DreamWorks was able to uh, license and merchandise the film. Right. Yeah. And how yeah. well it played into like just general trends in pop culture at the time. Yes. It was a right. fractured fairy tale. We had all grown up reading the stinky cheese man, you know, use the music of the time. It used Eddie Murphy. Everyone loved Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz and everything like that. So like yeah. it be, and it was like a movie that I think younger people saw and it made them feel a little bit more adult. It made mm-hmm. them grow up too fast is what it did. <laughs> yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. All of a sudden they're Googling Michael Eisner. <laughs> In the sense that like Shrek was, I agree, very much of its time, like it encapsulated what was happening in 2001 in the culture, in terms of the over- yeah. overall vibe. What can Minions tell us, if anything, about where things are at in, I guess, 2015 when this comes out, but also through yeah. to now? Like, how does it reflect the culture? It's like the culture here is also a lot of referential callback humor, right. but it's not con- it's not that contemporary. There's some yeah. contemporary like music, but there's so the thing we didn't mention is like there's so many music cues. There's so many yeah. songs that show up throughout all yeah. this. The soundtrack they're, slaps actually. They're it's weird. Okay. They're weird references that come from all over the place and they're often very very old. Yes. Yeah. Especially Minions 2 cuz it's just jokes about like disco and it, it it feels at a at a disjunct from itself almost. and so it, like yeah. it feels like a lot of the musical references they don't even want people to recognize no them. they just want people it's to like, be like that's a song i remember i don't even think that that's always the case either no? like they want kids to laugh at the beef eaters singing gibberish and and dancing to a song from hair yeah like, you know what it reminds me of it's it's christmas it's how we're still being held hostage by a boomer's idea of what christmas is it's like boomers trying to recreate the christmases of their childhood and we've just been doing that over and over and over and over again songs from like irving berlin and bing crosby Mm, and right because we're trapped in that world and watching something like minions it seems like it's the exact same thing all over again except instead of boomers it's just gen x it feels like it's Mm -hmm. two generations removed from its current target audience it's basically training kids to like the pop culture of their grandparents yeah yeah None of the stuff in here, none of the stuff in this movie is like actually germane to the experience of any kid born since fucking like 1962. You know, like the the thing takes place in 68. Technically, one of the more like theoretically contemporary jokes is that like or whatever, like Despicable Me 2 ends with a wedding and the minions come out and sing I swear, but they're dressed like Backstreet Boys. And that's a that's a decade later. And all of that is still like yeah, 20 all years that is ago. ancient history to children now. Yeah, that's yeah. so weird. But it, it, it almost feels like, hey, the things we liked were cool, right? The mm, kids will love the mm. things that we liked, right? Kids, we're still cool. Kids will love we're the so fucking cool. easy listening song that got top play on Delilah in 1996. I'm not, I'm not chuggy. I'm, I'm hip with the culture. Like, but yeah, like in terms of what it's saying, like it's not saying anything. It's nothing says anything anymore. Like yeah. if you look at um, there's there's a Twitter account that I follow that's just called Fleets. 
uh, or Fleets Good, <laughs> oh, God, Fleet. and it was around when Fleets were a thing. But it focused mostly focuses mostly on just like what are the top hits on like Facebook. We just made a Facebook page for the worst of all possible worlds, and what yeah. the algorithm fed to that is like, oh, this is a new thing that doesn't follow anything, doesn't have any sort of footprint. Is the most bizarre shit in yeah. the world. Right. Like if you if you install a new browser and then just fire up YouTube and see what the top thing is, it's grotesque. It's yeah. strange. <laughs> it's it's disgusting. Yeah. Like the top video that has been that that will pop up lately is just like a picture of a cat, and it's just like funny cat videos, right? The title is the whole thing, but the thumbnail for it is a cat where they've photoshopped like panties onto it. And made the eyes really big. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember trying to find something on YouTube for a clip when Stephen Sondheim died. And it right. was like three or four days after he had passed. And I found this YouTube video that was automatically generated, already had 3.8 thousand views, which is like almost the most views we've gotten on a single video. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just says, I'm looking at it right now because I saved it. Stephen Sondheim, quote, theater, last video will touch your heart. Crying emoji, crying emoji from something called digital media. Oh, Jesus uh, Then Christ. it just has like the beginning of his Wikipedia page as the, the description. And the thumbnail is a stock photo of a coffin at a cemetery somewhere with roses on top of it. And a picture of Stephen Sondheim with big gooey tears yeah. photoshopped on his eyes Hell yeah. and that's what mainstream entertainment actually is at the end of the day is like facebook videos of being people being like her husband's a soldier will she cheat on him right. and then she just like takes her panties off from under her dress and like then takes her shoes off so you can see her feet and then that's the whole video <laughs> I'm not even no, joking. I know right? you're not. It's the yeah. people who are just like putting random food objects on a counter and making the soy face the whole time so that people are like, why are they doing that? That's not how you make a hamburger. And maybe, I must investigate. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> that's some of the fear, too, is the fear of this weird, like algorithmically generated. Like there's no there's no humanity in it. There's no like no. actual artistic point. It's just like. What can generate the most interest based on user behavior? Like, does clicking and many the of thing... the users are themselves artificial. Right. So does clicking right. the thing serve the ad? For bots, probably because they're trained to follow specific pattern behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's exactly the opposite, too, of what I think entertainment ought to be, and specifically what I think children's entertainment ought to be. We're going to get to a point where AI are writing these movies. Yeah. Do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing yeah, that there won't be just sad Dutchmen who aren't getting laid anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, exactly. It, and the thing about that I do, if if there's anything to appreciate about Minions, it is those moments where the sad Dutchman comes through, where there yeah. are still <laughs> brief moments sure. and glimmers of like humanity in this product that is so clearly made. To be a product yes. and not a yeah. piece of art. It's buffed to an absolute sheen. And it looks at an- illumination animation looks plastic and yes. shiny. Yes. And yes. it's yeah. so appealing to like kids because it's like, oh, it's so bright. Like it's just saccharine bright. It's yeah. Like, it's like it's Burn like buffed down so much that they've actually like pulled all the paint off too. Yeah. I yeah. watched it on my TV and I had HDR on. And the way oh, they've mastered gosh. this shit for HDR, it's wild it'll it just like <laughs> it's too much it's too much the colors are too bright um it's the opposite of thief 2 <laughs> but um so many things we've called the opposite of thief 2 i'm gonna make a list at some point yes. when i was actually scrolling through tiktok yesterday 
Mm -hmm. um, I came across an interview with Guillermo del Toro, who Mm. is for me personally, a filmmaker who I think is able to tap into still a sense of like what childlike wonder actually feels like. Yeah. And terror. Yeah. Both sides, which well, are. And he understands that they're kind of related those, to each other. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. They are each other's flip side, right? Like yeah. the fear that that woman was feeling when writing that article about her, her child growing up too fast is ultimately, I think, a question of like, what if my child has that like fear reaction that I know mm-hmm. I've experienced and doesn't know how to handle it, right? Although I doubt she could articulate it in that way because she wants it to be about the Lord instead. So there's this, uh, like I said, this interview with Guillermo del Toro. It's, it's a woman, young woman asking him basically like, how did he integrate darker themes into his Pinocchio movie while still making it palatable to younger audience? And yeah. this is what he says. I never think about like when the, the difficulty of this movie was when they said, is it for kids? I said, no, it's not going to be made for kids, but kids can watch it if their parents talk to them. People think about kids and they think about handling movies in the 80s and 90s. But a kid now is Greta Thunberg. A kid now is very <laughs> yes. complex. He's living in a, in a post-ecological disaster, a pandemic murder, inequality. I mean, it's a completely different reality. So I thought, I think the people that cannot take it is the parents. The kids can take it. (laughs) How do you ground the anxieties of that cultural moment in a way that kids are able to understand that also gives them emotional latitude to grapple with what their feelings are rather than condescending to them. It justifies their fear too. Yeah. It's like, they're like, I'm scared of the world. And these guys are coming in saying, Hey, you have every right to be, there's some really scary shit out there. What you're feeling is valid and good. Actually, you should totally like protect, steal yourself for a very terrifying future. Hello to the entire American homeschooling movement. Exactly. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because it's, it's really, Honestly, when you like really, just stay at home, keep your kids out of harm's way yep. and sell Amway. Yep. Like <laughs> and when you dig into it, it does come down to the fears and paranoias that the parents have an yep. unwillingness to engage with the wider world around them. We see this in the way that younger people are often also being radicalized. And the government feeds into it, too. Like, I mean, there's this whole thing where everyone is obsessed with human trafficking and people mm-hmm. are blaming it on like true crime podcasts, but true crime podcasts don't cover human trafficking like at most they talk about like Ted Bundy and what he did and yeah he did pretend to be like on crutches next to a broken down car or something like that and he'd take advantage of people but like they're talking about like oh yeah if they leave a dollar on your windshield wiper don't grab it because in the three seconds that you do to grab that dollar and not anything else they'll they'll kidnap you in the parking lot at Macy's yeah it's just like or fancy and like and like if you no. yeah. <laughs> if you go to the airport, you will see at the fucking every airport at the uh, the security uh, checkpoint, it will be like a DHS like watch for the signs of human trafficking, and then they just show like a dirty woman in manacles or something. Like it doesn't even show you what the signs would right. be. It's just like right. be careful. There are three people being trafficked right now on either side of you. Look to your like left. A, look to they your look right. Like Dickensian orphans, and and it's like that's not really what's happening. That's not what's the, the plot of Taken is not what human trafficking is. Right. It's a different thing, and it is being pushed by police. And I mean, police are also just like insane because of their like Facebook groups and their weird little communities. That like there was a story out of Texas where some lady had her eight year old son walked home and it was a half mile from wherever he was to home. And so he was walking by a neighbor's house. The neighbor's like, "Uh, are you lost? He's like, no, I'm walking home. And it was just a few blocks away. And that neighbor 
called the police. The police arrested the mom. She's going to be like sentenced to jail. And the police what? told her, you know, your son could be human, could be trafficked. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. Like, no, no, he won't be actually. In fucking yeah. suburban Texas or whatever. Oh, like, God. It's just like it's. They thought the black phone was a documentary. Yeah. Like Ethan Hawke was going to jump out of a van. And... We are teaching people and their children that they need to be. And the more deep, and it's, but it's not exclusive to this, but the more embedded you get into like these right wing and evangelical communities, the more you see it. It's like you have to be afraid. You have to keep the kid inside. But it's They're fear gonna of get the groomed. Wrong They're going to get groomed things. by the teachers. That's what the that's only what, safe place is your church. Uh, Children never get hurt in church. The, like, yeah. Yeah. The, and look, I, ironically, you know what else you find in those groups? A lot of minion memes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really, yes. I don't think it's too much of a reach. To say that I, I actually think that in a way all of this fucking shit is connected. I think yeah. that yeah. not to be too fucking Glenn. Bringing your neighbor's <laughs> chili I'm, is I'm, abuse. I'm fucking Glenn We're back like... with my pin board here, you know, connecting everything all together. <laughs> You're Charlie Kelly. Let's be very clear. The nice thing about an easily palatable and saleable product like Minions is that it can be whatever you want it to be yep. and that it doesn't force anything out of anyone. Yeah, your minion can be right wing. Your minion can be left wing. It doesn't matter as long as it sells. Your minion can be an alt centrist. <laughs> like that's up to you. Your minion can wake up hungover in a hotel room. I was gonna say after a three day bender. My minion is a revolutionary nationalist. I will tell it. <laughs> Check the out our episode on Disco Elysium from last week. It's a real corker. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like just just like the minions, we don't have an ending. Nothing ends. It just keeps going. Someone's stealing our crowns yeah. and yeah. melting them down for the gold in them so that they can sell them back to despicable dentists. But the real uh, resolution yeah. that you have here is that you can always follow us on social media. You sure can. Mm -hmm. um, you can find us on Twitter for <laughs> the time being if you're there. Um, I am at Spock's Brian. No more underscore. The original Spock's Brian is gone. I am now the only Spock's Brian. Um, yes, Josh can be found at down Bosch J. Yep. AJ can be found at the Fuzzy Mask. We can be found at the Worst of All Possible Worlds. T W O A P W. You type it into the search bar. Either way, it'll show up. And we have a Tumblr. And uh, as of we like just a few made, days ago, I think it's just the Worst of All Possible Worlds. Yep. Look for that. And we made a Facebook page for the Worst of All Possible Worlds. Have we done anything with them yet? No, but uh, we're going to post lots of minions memes. So uh, you know, stay uh, there's tuned. one quote on the Tumblr from Cool Voltaire. Oh, good. Uh, that's, good. That says, "I'm Cool Voltaire." Quotations right. from Chairman Cool Voltaire. Yes, yes, yeah. that's uh, my so favorite. Social, play. social media is up in the air right now, but we still got people listening to us. So yeah, fuck it. And if you like what you heard today, obviously check out our back catalog on Patreon. Five dollars a month gives you access to all sorts of cool shit. We hope you check that it out. That is patreon.com slash worst of all. So I feel like watching the Minions movie is a lot like gazing into the abyss because you can yell and scream into it as much as you want, but it's not going to affect it. The abyss is just going to keep growing and growing because it has franchise potential. But occasionally, occasionally, if you try and ship at the sides of it and try and find some meaning at the core of it, the abyss will speak back to you. Oh, yeah. What does it say? Banana. Oh, come on. I'm the worst of all possible bitches. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. <laughs> and I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. See you next week. Minions, baby!